I will go live for you early, Hanyakers. And Mike, thanks, man. Could you hold off? Could you hold off, Mike? <sighs> I love it on Thanksgiving where everybody, this is, mark my words, mark my words here, okay? Uh, this is going to become more common because there's fewer and fewer people have families. More and more people get divorced. Oh, I just, eh. No man, fish bicycle, whatever. You know, there's none of this sit-down stuff. I actually got a picture uh, from Vlad. He's over with the girl he left us for. He stabbed me in the athem in the back for, for a piece of tail, like all men do. And um, <clears throat> big old family. Like two ta- They had the old school uh, adult table. Many of you remember this from the 80s. Um, and then they had the little kids table. But everyone's so damn old, there's like adults sitting at the kids table who technically are the kids of the adults sitting at the adult table. Um, that, that's on the way out, man. That's on the way out. Like the Sturgis rally that's on the way out. Like thin chicks, it, it ain't going to happen. And this, this is what's going to happen more. There's going to be a lot of people. Heck, mostly just want to get away from you damn folks anyway in the family anyway. So now you're all stuffed with, with food. Me and the great one had bachelor food. He cooked up some, some leftover meat. I had some potatoes and beef that the GF made. She made me. Um, I don't know what else to call them, compartments of food. She's like, you're not going to eat because no bachelor has ever, like there's just men dying in the streets because a woman isn't there to make sure he knows to eat and wipe his ass and brush his teeth. And I said, well, yeah, I'll probably stock up on food. You know, it's a day. People have been known to go a whole day without a meal. <clears throat> oh, no, no. And then I don't get a compartment. I got like six like, this is going to take a while to eat. So me and the great one had a very bachelor Thanksgiving. And uh, I microwaved mine. He grilled his up. And he went back downstairs and listened to uh, Dick Masterson of the Dick Show, who has yet to ever get back to me. Probably thinks I'm some dweeb or something like that. So, all right, Mike. All right. I know you're all anxious. I know. And I have absolutely no prep for this. We're going to have a bunch of people coming in. I invited, uh, uh, you know, the regular old misfits involved. And I don't know how long it's going to go. And uh, uh, I don't know how long it's going to be, but it'll be what it is. Uh, Mexi Mike, 10 bucks. You miss all of us old quack storms? Who yells, old man who yells at clouds. Yes, we got spare time pressure. Jesus, Mike. You need to learn a whole new language to, to read one of your, your super chats and plenty of disposable income. We be out here playing boyfriend during coffin season to easy layup pussy. Logical tells me it's a trap trap, <clears throat> but I'll play dumb. Mike, I got to read the whole darn thing over again just to figure out what the heck you're saying. You miss all of us old farts who yells at Klaus. Yes, we got spare time. <clears throat> and plenty of disposable income. We'd be out here playing boyfriend during cuffing season to easy layup tail. Logic tells me it's a trap, but I'll play dumb. Man, Mike, I want the drugs that you're on. I want the drugs that you're on. All right. I already the super chat. So I'm going to stay on top of them because <clears throat> I do have a couple items I want to go through here. And we will have people joining. That's if anyone knows what mountain time is. Everybody else is on the East Coast time or Canadian time or Europe time. Napier was all whiny this morning. It's like, oh, but Aaron, 
that's good to be 1 a.m. my time. I was like, yeah, because when I was 28, I never stayed up till 1 a.m. Swallow Blue, are you even tall enough to sit at the kids' table? I'm not, I'm not kidding. The last time um, I was at any kind of like family function on the Clary side of things, they actually did have to break out the little kids' table, the fold-out uh, <clears throat> card table. Because there were that many people that showed up and not joking. And and you almost didn't want to disrespect the elders. It's like, I was the oldest kid. I was the oldest person at the kid's table. Everyone else at the table was adults, mind you. But I was the, uh, the, the eldest of the kids because there was enough adults to fill it. Here we are, me and my cousins, I guess it was at the time for full grown adults. I'm talking, I was like in my thirties, man. I was in my thirties. And, uh, you know, and then I'm still sitting at the table. So, uh, but I am tall enough. Nonstop trade two bucks. What did you cook for Vincent? Cappy sits at the short table. I didn't cook anything for Vincent. Vincent might be on. Taiwan Do two bucks. We give thanks for having a grumpy Cappy. Yes, yes. Thank you. And I found my fez. I've been missing it since I moved out of my old house. I found my fez. Many thanks to Kareem and Anas over in Morocco. Two guys we got over there. And Unifrog, another generous hundred Australian dollars. Happy turkey. Thanks. You guys get anything like that down in Australia? Um, <clears throat> man, thanks for all your charity. Past two days. That that will. I'm going to tell you later on about what the money's going to go for. But let's get this. Eh? Well, hello, Seth. Hey. <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Uh, what is it? Six a.m. over there? Or you look a little peaked? Yeah. Sorry, man. I just woke up. It's seven. Seven over in Thailand? Yeah, I was up a little late. Yeah, cool. Well, anyway, glad you could make it. Are you uh, missing uh, Thanksgiving activities living overseas? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't know what uh, that is. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to mute these people because they're making noise. And I just want to get Seth to get in. So, all right, so you're overseas. Uh, no Thanksgiving. You're not missing it or anything like that. No, no I was never a big Thanksgiving guy. And I'm not a big Black Friday guy either. Really I don't I don't know anyone who's in my listening audience that is because yeah, Chad, I see you. I see you guys. That's that's the woman that stole Chad from us. Oh, he lost we lost him. Oh, he, they're gone. So um I I'm glad you came on because I, not that I'm all about the the happy day of the Thanksgiving and everything like that. Um I've been getting a lot of emails from clients of yours who took your digital marketing course and are now making money. And like you literally saved them and, and got them careers. I mean, while you're here, I mean, how's that going? Are more and more people taking it. Is it, is it plateauing or. Um, it's going really well. I, it's great, man. I mean, there's never been more jobs available ever in the history. You know, mm -hmm. when I, there's now about 200,000 open digital marketing jobs on LinkedIn in the U S every single day, just the U S um, in the U.S., it's about six hundred thousand worldwide, mm -hmm. and um, I mean, you know, when I started in twenty sixteen, it was like twenty or thirty thousand. So we're talking about ten times the amount. Yeah. It's like you hit, it's job. like them old Western movies where they're drilling for gold and they, you know, they they put they take a toothpick and they put it in the ground, just shoots up yeah. oil. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, what's happened? I will say this: what I've discovered is now I have more competition. There's all these colleges and these boot camps and these like just posers out there charging a ton of money, 
um, especially these master's degree programs and cert certificate <laughs> programs are charging 15, 20 grand. Um, there's a lot of these ISA programs. This is what you have to watch out for is that there's a lot of programs where they'll say, hey, don't pay us anything up front, yeah. which is, seems like a really great deal, especially if you need a job, right? But what mm -hmm. they do is you sign what they call an income sharing agreement. And what happens is I've had a lot of students come to me because they sign up for these programs. They learn very little in about eight weeks and then they take my program and what the, when you sign an income sharing agreement it means that basically they you give them permission to garnish your wages for two years okay so in theory it's basically say hey you don't pay us anything unless you get a job but sometimes these agreements are very vague and i've had people the the program that they signed up for didn't help them actually get a job so they get a job job through my program and then they have to pay these other guys thirteen or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars for the next two years. So, you know, my program is still, and, and it's funny too because I charge so little. I think people, you know, I'm raising the price next year because I'm like, you know, I think people don't. Some people don't actually take it as seriously because they see everyone else charging fifteen thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, they think you're the fly by night uh, scam artist. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's the irony, you know, and I have more testimonials than any of these jokers, you know, and, uh, you know, it's uh, but I, I understand that, you know, online courses have a bad reputation. There's a lot of jerks out there who do mm -hmm. mislead people. But, you know, I've you know, I I still have great students. They're still getting jobs. You know, it's still not an overnight thing. It takes a lot of time to learn the skills. I say a lot of time. What I say is that it takes months. What it takes right. is months. A full time, time work, a full time dedication. Yeah, it doesn't take years. And some of that's the other problem with these programs I've seen that's so ridiculous is some of them, there's one like San Diego State University has one. And it's like a year long program that is so bloated. And they still, these people go through these programs and they still, still don't get their hands on a real account. Mm -hmm. So the way that I approach this is I teach people a practical approach where you actually, getting your hands on like real clients and real accounts. And you do very little, you don't have to do a lot. You just have to do the right thing, the smart thing and get some real experience. So it's much more valuable to get your hands on a real website or a real, real client account. That's really small, like a local pizza shop. Mm. And some of these, there's this software the colleges use. I swear to God, they have a expensive simulation software that they use. And it's, it's so similar to like an MBA program where they're like, what if you were CEO of Apple? What would your next product be? Group projects. And could, yeah. Right. And, and and then these kids come out and they're like, well, I did a simulation of this thing. And then the person interviewing them is like, well, you've actually worked with real money. Hmm. What's real money? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, so, and that's anyway. what I don't think a lot of younger people are getting is like the game has changed. Like of, of all the slow dinosaurs that are incompetent and inept, and you even talked about this um, – I don't know if it was your book or maybe we were just talking about it where you were taking like a marketing class at a college or university. And it's all these old leftover 70 year olds who think it's 1970 and there's no digital aspect to it anymore. And they're charging these kids thousands of dollars a class. You shouldn't even be going. It's like, oh, yeah, us too, San Diego State or anyone else offering digital marketing. It's like, no, man. It's like you need to learn these three. And how much are these uh, colleges and universities like requiring you go get like take a bunch of prereqs that have nothing to do with it. Well, are you talking about, so some of these colleges, again, they're putting out these boot camps and these, you know, $15,000 programs. 
right. that are that are to their credit. I mean, they actually are t- supposed to be teaching the actual skill sets, but everyone I've spoken to who's ever done them has said they're not teaching it properly because mm-hmm. colleges in, are designed to teach academic. They're de- they're not designed to teach things like a trade school, right? You know, like like my course, like practically, you're getting so much theory. Uh, but if you do you do major in marketing, this is mind blowing. They still consider digital marketing an elective, like 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 <laughs> Swedish massage, like seriously, like literally Swedish massage, uh-huh. you know, uh, astrology, digital. Well, oh yeah, these are real classes. Yeah, those are real classes in schools. Right, now. right, right, right. Right. So I get these students who come out of school and I've had some of my most successful students. David is one of my students who got a job like three years ago. Now he runs his own agency. Good. And he did marketing. I was like, what are you doing? What was he doing when he found my course? He was doing flyers. He was like doing like literally like flyers. Like, and the real, it's, it's just like government. That's the thing with colleges. Colleges are like governments. They're these giant bureaucracies that are run by old, wealthy idiots. Way out of touch. Way out of touch old farts. Yep. Yeah. And so the curriculums never get updated. And that's the other thing that's really funny is a lot of them use textbooks. And I'm like, dude, you know, textbooks are, again, a bureaucratic thing. They're so slow and they're outdated about a month or could be a week in this industry after they're printed. Uh, But it is it does blow my mind because I literally get these kids who are, you know, their parents are pressuring them to go to school. They spend four years. And, yeah, the degree includes things like microeconomics and like statistics and which might be a valuable thing. I don't know how. Yeah, but you could pick it up at the library for free. You don't need to sit there and waste your time and money in a class. Yeah, but it, yeah. And, but these classes are, they're a waste of time. Like I just interviewed somebody about go on the college thing, guys. I started doing this. Like I have a student, Aditya, who is majored in information systems, Hmm. which sounds like a smart major, but he was going off with me explaining how that was BS. You know, just the colleges are not, they're not designed to prepare people for careers. That's just, I think it's just like a, it's a, it's a completely misleading way it's presented to people, you know? Mm. So his information systems degree, he literally took like one class on these actual like database analysis, right? He had like one class in four years on the actual information systems things that everything else is these bullshit. Like you said, prerequisite programs or, and it was all theory. And his professor was literally like, Oh, by the way, you should go get this certification and that certification from Microsoft. We're really not teaching you much, but that's how it is in marketing. And these guys in marketing are still, they're still te- learning about, um, you know, traditional advertising, radio, TV, <laughs> billboards. I mean, it's, it's really insane. And, and I, I, I had one student, I think I told you, Nick, you know, Nick Shulaner. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Me. He, he, he had uh, he was at a party at his college. He's an engineering kid. And he said he mentioned Facebook ads to like a marketing major. And the girl was like, well, my professor said it's a fad. A fad? It's been around for over a decade. What do you mean a fad? Yeah. It's a billion dollar fad. (laughs) Billion dollar fad. Multiple billion dollar fad. uh... Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, no, and that's that's why I, I appreciate you checking in every once in a while so I can remind my audience because you have done a lot of people a lot of good work. And a good deed. I mean, and it, what was it? It was something like 300 bucks a month or something like that. I mean, it, it was dirt cheap compared to college and bada boom, bada bing. If you do three months and you lit, I've seen it. Like you literally get these, they even threw you a party or they did a meetup over in New York. You're telling me one time and they're all happy that you showed up, you know? Well, it was really, it's really a, 
the community is really one of the unique things about the course. It's uh, hey, Atham. Uh, it's it's really awesome to actually meet people in real life because it's an online course. But yeah, what happened is I'd helped all these people, and you know everything's online, so nobody knows anyone in person. But I went, I visited New York City back in 2018 when you could travel easily, mm. and uh, yeah, all these they all wanted all these students wanted to meet me. We met up in Queens at this pizza shop, and we all hung out, and it was kind of mind blowing to meet all these kids who I you know helped them change their lives just by giving them some practical advice. And now that community. You know, I said I used to charge like a ridiculously little amount of money. Now it's about eight hundred bucks, which is still they say it's less than an iPhone. That's but still everybody- cheap. That's still compared to college, it is still a, a a thousand times better deal. Yeah, and uh, but the community is so awesome now, and I've added like coaching calls, so you're getting like what these fifteen thousand dollar boot camps charge you for for like this very ridiculous price and you we get the support there's coaches my coaches are people who work in the industry like nick is one of my, my coaches who's worked with netflix and these giant companies million dollar ad accounts and he's in there so you actually get to network directly with working professionals and then my alumni they come back to my group my facebook group when they have job openings at their companies they come they right to the facebook somebody, group yeah Good. yeah so they're so, getting that networking that people say, oh, go to college to network. It's like, well, if you go to co- undergrad to network, you're just going to meet other clueless young people. Mm. <laughs> Whereas in this program, you actually meet working professionals. You know? Right. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you're at the stage. Now, and wasn't this like a side gig? Like you just kind of did this on the side and you had other projects going on. Like this wasn't your. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, work, yeah. I've worked in the field for many years. And I just, you know, I said my friends and I, I mean, I said I fell into this field when I was in 2011 i'm an art school graduate i have a film degree that is a you know a waste Mm. and i was teaching myself digital marketing on the side i taught a film course and then i applied for a job and realized all these skills were needed and i was at an agency and i just kept getting jobs and then i was like i don't really want a job (laughs) but all my colleagues and i would talk about how nobody knows what we do and recruiters are chasing us. I said, we're like Mm. the pretty girl at the dance. It's a weird feeling. It's a very weird feeling. Yeah. And I was like, well, rather than try to teach people like how to make $10,000 in two days on Google. Yeah. Why don't I teach people how to get these jobs? Because I'd rather teach myself. I mean, I like teaching. I like being on YouTube and stuff rather than actually being a salaried employee. Mm. I thought, you know what? I bet you I can help a few people. And I had very low, you know, I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe I can help like a couple of people here and there. Um, and, you know, and then it worked, you know, like the, I, I was going to be, I was like, if I could do this being an art school graduate, I can show other people how to do this. Cause these guys, it, when I got my first job, I had no experience. It's, it's very interesting because if our, if the previous generation before us hadn't done such a horrifically bad and inadequate job i wouldn't even call it any kind of job like inadequate means there was like some effort but if the previous generation had not lied misled wasted everybody else's time you and me would be out of a job we wouldn't have this and now everyone's coming back it's like they they gave us here's they give us this worthless operating system it does not function in the real world it's like okay here's some basic stuff and and it's not not that they'll pay an arm and a leg but they will because what they're getting isn't working and so and i love 
it's it's kind of like we're defeating evil, big education and 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 Marxist leftist professor boomers. We're helping out younger people. We're salvaging what remains of our life because you and I kind of wallowed around and wasted 10 years of our life in academia and trying to figure it out and fi- finally figured it out ourselves. And so, yeah, no, I just, that's why I, and, and you're helping, especially poorer people who can't afford four years of tuition in college. And it's like, boom, here you are. Even if it's 40 or 50 grand, that's enough for someone to live. And isn't Nick down in Peru or something now? Nick? Oh, yeah. Nick Schubert? Yeah. Or did he, or am I, I think of a different Nick? I, I don't know. I mean, oh. I, I have a lot of students who have traveled a lot of different places. I've had students who live in Southeast Asia and, um, right. But I'm, what know, I'm saying uh, is they can travel and live wherever the heck they want. Cause it's, it's the remote, the remote aspect, yeah. but you know, yeah. that's a good point, man. Cause that, that's something that I, I don't, I don't, um, I, you know, I do rant about college a lot. Cause that's the thing that really bothers me is yeah. When lower income people think college is this ticket, to a better life. And it's just a ticket to the same debt as the middle class. Right. And, you know, I have a very, this is the funny thing too, I was talking about this with somebody is like, I have effortlessly created a multicultural, diverse success group. Like mm-hmm. I never targeted people based on, you know, some type of agenda to make it diverse. Mm-hmm. And one of my students who's from Ecuador, she was joking because she's been in the tech world and she's seen all these diverse, she's worked with all these diversity people. And mm-hmm. she said how they work, so, they try so hard <laughs> to like push this agenda. And she's just laughing about how with me, it's, it's just been very natural. I got people from everywhere and people from, from the black community, the Latino community, from the Asian community, the white, I mean, you know, white, black, whatever, men, women, People um, like money. Yeah. They like, they yeah, like money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can have your, I mean, you can have your people ask questions if you want. I don't know if this sounds like a sales pitch or something. But no, I mean, no, no. Like, I, I, I sincere that uh, if this isn't a promotion or an advertisement. I just think your, your background and what you've done is not just interesting and fascinating, but it's incredibly helpful. And you're also a friend of the, of the show. Plus you're overseas. And I figure, oh, you want to come in for the the random, you know, Cappy Thanksgiving hour or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I just, I just, I just, and then I did want to follow up. I, so now you're over in Thailand right now, and that may be a permanent move. I mean, not not random or not random, but not the standard slam on Western culture type of thing. But it's agreeing with you in Southeast Asia. I like it over here. Um, I mean, if it weren't for our little friend, I don't know what you call it, our root beer float. Friend. Yes, a root beer float friend. Yes, if it weren't for a root beer float friend, I would have been traveling more, and I probably would have visited, come back to the U.S. But as mm-hmm. it is, I mean, I haven't been inspired to return. Um, you know, and I also live on an island, which is I've heard. Yes, yes, I know you live on an island. Yes, yes, I know, Seth, you live yes. on an island. You reminded me many times. Yes, yes. <laughs> Although I'll tell you. It's we're in the rainy season. I guess every three years or so, the rainy season here is really bad, and it's been crazy. Like we've had floods, and it's like raining all the time. Which reminds me of what it was like living in upstate New York growing up. So, oh yeah, that's that's yeah. But um, so, uh, so yeah, but the I culture like, and everything, you're you're doing fine down there. It's okay and uh, you can yeah. Get I mean, you know, people. guys, with with the modernization, I mean, what's funny is, I mean, I am, I am on a tourist island, right? So there's a little more English here than you'd get in the mainland. And, um, but ultimately with the internet, I mean, you know, I'm using food Panda. I'm on the internet all the time. Uh, the people are nice, you know, I meet, you know, I meet so many interesting people. There's not that many Americans here. There's a lot of Brits, a lot of Russians, a lot of French, um, Germans, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but 
people, you know, we're, before I came to Asia, I really had this idea. It was this really different place. It's, it's just like the world's been modernized, you know? I mean, true. You know, this island is very interesting because it was like 20 or 30 years ago. It really was completely undeveloped. You know, they didn't have roads or and it, now it's, it, you know, the Westerners came in, got roads. Um, internet, you know, obviously. Fast internet. You know, we got fiber. Um, mm. We got, uh, they, they built all this drainage on the main road because it was flooding. <laughs> they were like, well, we need drainage. So they, they did that. And it's, you know, I was like, if, if it weren't for me, you know, I can forget that I'm here sometimes, especially if I'm watching an American movie or something. Yeah. Um, the only thing really is, you know, I kind of miss my, my family. I'd like to see them, but, you know, uh, and, I, and I'd like to visit my students and some other friends back home. But, you know, it's, it's I like it over here. Um, Thailand, to me, I say it's like a second world country. You know, it's not like it's not like some countries are really underdeveloped. And then you got the West. It's right in the middle. OK, all right. No, that's that's going to be next on my uh, to-do list. So, uh, we also have Atham here. Hello, Atham. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man. Nothing much. Long time no see, Seth. I know. How have you been? Pretty busy. You know me. <clears throat> Working too much. Is your school. degree yet? Three more semesters. All right on. Yeah, three more semesters, and then that nightmare is over. What do What do you do after that? I mean, do you apply for jobs in the U.S. globally? What are you going to do? Uh, good question. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the U.S. Well, your home country seems a little bit more free, land of the free, home of do what you want nowadays. Yeah, but I can own a gun, and if uh, someone wants to kill me, there's nothing I can do. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. Well, how's yeah, your health I otherwise? I mean, I, I, I know you're doing your 90-hour work weeks and everything, but you all right? I mean, your health okay? Oh, yeah. Things are fine. I mean, drinking a beer, see? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. No, you and Chad do more than that on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Try no, it. Hey, are... Atham, can you log in, log back out? You're, you got a huge delay in your video versus audio. Really? Okay, let me let me try that. Hold on. Okay. okay. Give me a second here. <laughs> I don't know where Chad and his, his girl went. They, uh, they kind of I was, um, I don't really talk too much about this, but I was hmm. going to say just back on the I know you give a lot of advice to young men about dating and relationships, Cappy. Mm. And um, I was, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're over here in Asia, it's a different, um, I mean, there's, you have to watch out for certain things, but it is a different experience being a Western over here. Mm. Um, I think there is a different level of kind of respect given, um, or there are some women who just like foreigners and it's, mm. uh, it's different. It's very different than being in the, in the West. Well, I imagine it's, it's, it's a completely different culture. I mean, Atham, you were over in Thailand or Taiwan and yeah. you that's first world nation. I, I'd imagine it was more traditional or certainly different. Um, no, there, there was a little bit of everything. Uh, the older people tend to be more traditional, but the younger people obviously tend to be more uh, open. Um, but uh, Taiwan was pretty nice. Uh, they, they always treated me nice. They, they like uh, foreigners, not just Americans in general. So that's, that's nice. <laughs> But is that out of curiosity or novelty, or do they actually like, ooh, I want me some Mexican dick, or I want no, some American just, Jew dick? I mean, what is it? They're just friendly. Okay. Yeah, they're very friendly and open. Uh, yeah, and there's some ladies that just date uh, people from, not from Taiwan, but they're the minority I found. <sighs> cool. 
Um, let's get through some super chats because this is gone off the. I don't want to get too far behind. Nonstop Dre 360. Uh, does Mexi Mike and Vlad Elkins have the same supplier? Uh, what do you mean, Atham? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't supply. I don't understand any of that. Uh, 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 sometimes Atham in chat, sometimes. Very rare. And by very rare, I mean, you know, every other day. Uh, they'll say, like, hey, you're going to do shrooms? You're going to do acid? You're going to do pot? And uh, sometimes they do all three. And then the text string gets very interesting thereafter. And um, I don't get a lot of the inside jokes because I don't partake. Uh, yep. Colin Kircher, five bucks. Happy Thanksgiving. Better here with Gen X Cappy than with the normies, conformies, and inferiors. <clears throat> I imagine that's a lot of people like refugees trying to escape after the, the family meeting. Competent man, five bucks. Hilarious news in energy sector. One, EU still not letting Nord Stream to ship natural gas to the EU. And Germany is about to have a cold weather and snow this week. Any You guys paying any attention to this? No. I have not. I, it's one of the nice things about Go ahead, Seth. <laughs> I just I I don't really watch the news anymore, but I can't care about Europe if like you refused. Didn't Putin even offer him gas? You now all they want to do was natural. Uh, hang on, Seth, mute me if if I think I'm getting feedback on you there. Checky check check one check. There we go. Um, <clears throat> I can't feel bad for these Europeans, let alone anybody else. That like, oh, we're going to do solar and wind, and it doesn't work, and now I. I don't know. It's such a sophomoric and stupid decision. And there's such a simple solution. Open up your gas exports, but, or imports rather EU, not letting Nord stream to ship natural gas. I, okay. Competent man. I hope you're not in Europe. Um, <clears throat> competent man. Again, uh, five bucks to Biden releasing 50 million barrels from the, uh, what is that? Strategic petroleum reserve, but market already priced it in. So spot oil pros price rose. <laughs> Then Russia. How's how's the inflation? Like, do they have any or energy crisis down in Thailand, or do they have like basic their basic shit together down there? Well, Thailand has its own stuff. I don't really comment too much on the government here, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Shouldn't. Uh, I will <laughs> say. I mean, there's certain things. I'm gonna say this like you talk about the root beer flow. I mean, there's certain things. Every place got its own issues, you know. Like. Right. You know, I dated I dated this young woman and she is very political. And I thought, you know, the issues that they have with the government here, I mean, you just have to look at the last 20 years here. It's there's some things going on. And again, mm. I'm going to be just as vague as you are with the root beer float. Okay. But as far as like infrastructure and inflation and stuff, I mean, the bot like the currency here has been pretty. I mean, it went down. Actually, it was weak recently. And that was good for foreigners right. um, when we convert our money. Um, locally, there hasn't been much inflation. Like, I don't know. I don't know. The well, it's, it's not even inflation. I'm just <clears throat> in general, the West is so spoiled and so Kuantahahi that we have little adult children actually thinking during winter time we can cut off. We can just cut off carbon fuel or, or uh, uh, fossil fuels and, and carbon emitting fuels without like a transition or something like that. And now I, I don't know. How do you get to this point that you don't have heating gas or heating fuel in a first world nation? And the only way is that you were so spoiled and you so spoiled such a high percentage of your population that they actually think, Ooh, hobbies, yay, environmentalism. It's like, and that trumps reality and practicality. I would imagine 
Thailand, uh, any second or third world country, they have to be imminently more practical and realistic, at least on the individual level. Sure, certainly there will be corruption in governments no matter where. But I guess that's a better question to ask you, Seth. Do do the common Thai person on the, the common Thai people, do they seem more respective, more courteous? more logical like yeah you have to work i mean i can't imagine there's a welfare state where there's a a ton of single moms this is very interesting asian culture is very different i mean like for instance when i I was dating this vietnamese woman and we were discussing how there really aren't old age homes here right because culturally you the elders are respected and typically they live back with the family so the whole did the elders tell you to major in marketing at san diego state university (laughs) in thailand or they maybe have a little bit better advice down there right okay all right this culture also, one thing I will say is, I mean, the, the Asian culture here, it is a much more traditional and they really, you you know, like, for instance, people here will wear, wear masks, no question. There's no debate on the masks, right? There's just a very obedient, you know, and this has its pros and cons. You know, you get more of a, a homogenous kind of way of thinking about things, but you, you don't get the kind of, I would say, free thinking that we have in the West. And it again, it has its pros and cons. I mean, you know, I see people. It's so funny. I'll see pe- people on their motorbikes here wearing a mask and no helmet. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't wear the mask on the motorbike because I'm like, this is absurd to I'm riding at, you know, 60 miles per hour away from everybody. Um, but as far and as far as the I mean, again, I'm not an expert on this, but it's just on this island. Right. Everyone rides a motorbike. So the consumption of because they're, they're they're affordable. There's not, you know, there's cars, but it's more people ride motorbikes here than the motorbike usage in Asia is much higher because they're well, it's warmer there too. I don't imagine you guys get there's no space either. You know, everything's smaller. Mm-hmm. Hard to uh, find parking. Well, I think no, it's. I mean, if you go to, I mean, it's, it's like America players. in that way. I mean, you know, you have you know big parking lots and and stuff like that, depending on if you're in a big city or not. Mm. But uh, here's the one thing I will say is I'm, you know, I. I, I go over the political spectrum and different issues that I think what like I was in Vietnam and I was realizing they don't have environmental regulations on the automobiles there. Right. So there's no there's no emission regulation. And what you get is this terrible pollution. And this mm. is what, what it was like in the U.S. in the 80s. You know, L.A., the air was unbreathable. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So to so the government, you know, people rail against the government. And I can see that, especially when they try to like superimpose an ideal without a practical idea. But sometimes like people who just are for the free market, I'm like, I mean, I've been in country, you know, now I've actually breathed the area in a city where there's the, the, there's no, again, they don't have to do anything about the emissions. You can't breathe. You literally can't breathe the air. It's so disgusting. And that's what it was like in the U S before they started regulating some of this stuff. And yeah, the cars are a little more expensive, but I'd rather be able to breathe and have be able to see without smog then let the you know the, the car companies just do whatever the hell they want because they'll 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 they do will they, yeah they'll yeah, make it as money. cheap as possible if they can yeah. and you know and the same thing was very interesting too in in Vietnam not in Thailand so much but I remember they throw garbage everywhere like I couldn't believe it I'd be in these beautiful areas I know you're big into nature I'd be in these beautiful beautiful mountain areas there'd be garbage all over the ground and it's interesting culturally it's like they just haven't and it was similar in the 80s and the 70s in the US like people just littered sure you drive down was, the highway yeah yeah and in the in the there was a campaign that to just like change people's way, way of thinking to be like, hey, guys, maybe we shouldn't throw garbage on the ground. We actually had a friend in China who was teaching and started to teach people in China how to uh, 
clean up garbage, don't throw it on the ground. And they yeah. were actually arrested. Really? Okay. <laughs> arrested for, for, for um, teaching like Western, Western I, ideas. And then they left, uh, the, they left China. They were like, this I, I just want to put, well, they, <laughs> hang on. I, I got a question at them down. When I was in Cancun, that brief, brief moment, there wasn't any littering either. Am I wrong? I just didn't go to the right part of Mexico. You didn't go to the right part of Mexico. Okay. All right. Never yeah. Mind. Yeah. No, the, you probably stayed in the hotel zone, which was a good idea. And we really take care of that area. Mm. Yeah. Because we want to try to, to think that, oh, Cancun is wonderful. I mean, it is. That part is. Mm. <laughs> the rest, not so much. Well, I didn't mind, I didn't mind the interior either. Mm. I, although, see, when I did a motorcycle ride, again, it could have been just because it was close to the United States. But I think the town was Soyoto. It was on the other side of Ajo, um, uh, across from this, Arizona. Oh, this is in the north. Okay. Yeah, it's in yeah. the north. Um, and it was right there on the Sea of Cortez, that armpit, uh, Puerto Penasco. Mm. Now, I know that's a tourist spot. I know they probably cleaned that up. But the, the border town was actually kind of clean. I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, okay, this isn't too bad. Um, mm. But the irony I wanted to point out to all the Marxist, leftist, environmentalists that tune into the show, you know, all three of them, uh, I've always found it interesting that when communists take over whether that was the soviet union china <clears throat> vietnam uh the environmental regulations go to pot there's no i mean yeah chernobyl uh you china's got a, a huge pollution pot. didn't didn't they have to like start aerating something in anticipation of the olympics like five years ago or you know it was like very bad like yeah. don't go outside type of level bad i would say i mean yeah vietnam and china are communist governments and yeah i mean yeah they've they, I think in China they've started to change things because they've seen it's not it's not sustain it's not livable. Right. <laughs> like right. You can't have your population choking to death. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess if you're gonna say if you're gonna, yeah, yeah, those communist governments are are not they're not doing a good job. I mean, right. I think this you'd, is a- you'd, you'd I, I know how much you love nature, and I think you'd be. That's what really messed me up is because, and also, I'm a guest. Like, I don't like to complain about stuff when I'm a guest in a country, which is why I don't say anything here. Right. But right. I was visiting when I, it was more in, in Vietnam. I just couldn't believe it. I was I was really triggered by that. I was like, dude, this is crazy. And it wasn't just like, oh, there's a little bit here. I mean, it's like it was everywhere. Mm. It was everywhere. I couldn't believe it. It was in a, I was in Dalat, which is in the central part of. Mm. Um, of the country now, you know, I have friends that love Vietnam and live there. I know, you know, Matt's over there, and I mean, you know, I'm sure maybe in the cities, it's I don't know, I don't know. I just was in an area where I was seeing this, and I was kind of studying it. And then I also did see, I did understand from the American standpoint that th- these countries like India and China are the biggest polluters, and India and China mm-hmm. have the most polluted rivers in oh, yeah. the world. Toxic, mm-hmm. and then and it is frustrating because you say people in the West they keep. Like we've done our job. It's kind of like feminism. I was like, feminism did its job in the U.S. It did its job. Now it's, it's not done with this yet, Seth. It's, it still has right. other but aims. But. They're they're squeezing the balls that are already been you know clipped, yeah. and then you got South America and you know Africa and these other countries and parts of the world where there's no feminism. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, they could use a little, you know, so they're not like you know completely genital you know, mutilation yeah no there's some horrific yeah, yeah. shit they going on some, yeah. some some equality but it's mm. an imbalance so yeah rather than just keep tightening the things on europe and in the u.s like let's make india and china you know yeah but that require women actually do some real work and go over and actually be so here it's much easier to just complain and make um there is one thing though it, and it's not even so much um i mean pollution i hate pollute i hate litter bugs especially when i go hiking it, it actually does perturb mm. me uh, as much as you suspect it would um but and and I understand pollution and communism and corruption and government and all that other stuff. 
I'm as I'm getting older, it's more and more important to me, like the people. Like, okay, so Mexico, for example, not just because Athens here. <clears throat> and the great thing about Mexico is is they already got rid of Athens, so now I do kind of want to go to Mexico. So now it is somewhat of an attractive proposition. <laughs> uh, but I yeah, okay, you got the cartels. Yeah, there's corruption. I just want to know if the people are courteous, civil, and frankly, um, it's not even polite, but that they dress and they carry themselves with a certain amount of etiquette. I think we lost Seth. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I go there and it's not a bunch of fat, disgusting people, male or female. And that's kind of my more my curiosity, <laughs> whether it be Thailand, Taiwan, Mexico, or any other country, is if I go there, will my inter- individual interactions with the people there be better than it is in the United States. Because right now in the United States, at best, it's someone who's boring and you really wouldn't want to hang out with that person. At worst, it's an ideologue, uh, a zealot, uh, uh, almost a a, a religious fanatic, ideologically aligned with the left that hates your gut if you don't exactly believe in their particular pet cause. So, and we lost uh, uh, Seth. but I I guess it depends where you... Where you go in in Mexico, for example, I mean, if you go to a, a semi-cosmopolitan city, you you find a more uh, higher class uh, people that know more shit. Hmm. If you go to a small town, a, a really small town, yeah, you're gonna find uh, the kind of people that you find here in the U.S. And <laughs> feel bad saying what, that. Hits? I mean, good or bad? No, I mean, what do you, what do you mean? Like, if I go to a small town, they're more uh, traditional, or what? Not, are we well, yeah, but they're also <sighs> ignorant. You know, um, yeah. Like more what? Than... Uh, the, the, Jose comes out with his shotgun and says, are you looking at my daughter type of thing? Or No, they're just done no shit, man. <laughs> man, I feel so bad saying this. But yeah, I, I don't like hanging out with uh, uh, people from the small towns in Mexico that much. You know? Okay. Would it be like they're Wyoming? Like they're they're like just... hill, yeah, like, like Mexican Hill... hillbillies. Imagine Okay, that. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, they, they, I they will think that I'm a stuck up son of a bitch. You know, usually that's how it goes. You know, because I'm from the city. Um, I dropped off there for a minute. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're back, so uh, you know, obviously, I'm not from here, but as a visitor, I would say I I do feel that this part of the world, pe- the people are quite warm, um, in a different mm. way than I experienced in the West. One of the things I found about Thailand, I'll just say this because you know I've heard people. Everyone has a different opinion. It's funny, you talk to five different foreigners, they'll say, this place is good, this place is bad. One of the things I found about Thailand um, is that, you know, there's a big language barrier here. The Thai language is very difficult for Westerners. And um, what I found is some people think, like in, in, in other, they'll say, I've, I've heard people say Vietnam is friendlier, but I don't think that's true. What I found with, with Thailand is that a lot of Thais are a little bit shy with Westerners because of the language barrier. And what I've discovered was when I started learning Thai, and I only speak a little bit, but if I make an effort just to speak a little bit of Thai, people light up. They're so warm. They're so Mm. appreciative. And I even spoke Thai to a few people, and I don't speak well at all. I can just say hello and thank you, and maybe a couple, you know, I learned how to say nice to meet you, you know, Mm. yindi ti da ruja crap. And then, whoa, a Westerner took the time to learn our language uh, a little bit. And people are very nice and welcoming. You know, I have people. You know, I live here alone in this place. I've had like the local staff. I chat chat with them a bit. You know, invite they invite me to a party, um, which and I ask them, does anyone speak English? And they'll say no. And I'm like, mm, well, maybe I'll. You come. got uh, Seth. You have to go just to tell us what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very interesting to see. I should. Family. I should. I uh, I can be a little hermit like, but no, the people are very. Um, 
I would say it's different. And, and, you know, you do, I'm in a, I'm in a, in a rural area. So I think what Atham said, I mean, the people are, you know, where people aren't as educated and it's, I don't, but I don't feel like the thing about Southeast Asia that I like is, I mean, there's really very little crime here. And right. People, that's yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and that's, never, that's, that's what I'm trying to like, I want to go to a place where the country is mature. They don't have to be super intelligent, but just civil. And and maybe with they they comport themselves with a little bit of class and modesty. So if I go to Thailand, okay, fine. There's it's chaos and everyone's on their motorbikes. But am I going to see a ton of single moms? Am I going to see like a bunch of panhandlers? Or is everybody well, hustling know, and, and 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 moving and shaking and doing their job? Well, I mean, in the big cities, it's very well. Here's what I will say: there are a lot of single moms here. I mean, there are. You know, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, there's a lot of. You know, I think up across the planet, people get knocked up and then get out of relationships. But one of the differences here, I was talking with one of my other friends here, is that, I mean, there's there's big family support here, big families. And so what will happen a lot of times is like if, if a young woman has a, a daughter, you know, the grandparents will raise the kid or there'll be a whole there's a whole structure in place to help her out so that she can continue. I don't know it's not like the, the, the grind of the single mom in the West that I've, I've seen for the most part, but uh, I don't know. I think it's worth, it's worth exploring. I mean, there's, there's, there's pros and cons. There's definitely, I don't think there's as much of as an entitlement and I'm amazed, you know, to, to see the, the folks around here that live on very modest lifestyles, you know um, it's definitely, there's definitely not the same type of arrogant, like pontificating like attitude that I've, I've encountered, I think you, but I will say this. I did date a, I dated a young woman who was out of university and she was very Westernized, you know, and she was Thai and she was, she had a lot of opinions about the government and she was, you know, but I, I kind of like that because she was intelligent and she was, you know, uh, but she, but she had a bit of that, you know, stupid arrogance, that kind of intellectual. Yeah, like, see, I, I don't know. And maybe I'm just getting old and Atham, I think you and I are going to the same place and Seth, maybe you may be a little bit more of an international traveler, but uh, as I get older, I kind of just want to be left alone in my hut and be able to walk down to the local grocery store or, or, you know, market or bazaar, grab my food and know that the society is not going to go to shit or they're going to come after me with pitchforks because I voted, you know, yes, on proposition, whatever, like that uh, Brendan Ike guy, you know, just I, I, I'm sick of being guilty in my home country by a self-declared group of self-righteous Nazi assholes, essentially, because I don't believe in one thing or the other. And they view it like I'm an evil person and now I need to be killed or ostracized to the point that I can no longer function, whether that's the root beer float or I believe in low taxes or I mean, it's it's. It's to the level, it's a, like I'd say culturally here in the United States, people are getting to the point they're all mentally ill. And I just don't I, care to live in an insane anxiety like this. I, I would say I feel like everyone in the U.S. is kind of like the Costanzas on Seinfeld. They're just like constantly yelling at each other. But <laughs> what I'll tell you, Cappy, is I mean, you know, you might want to give it a try. I mean, these countries like right now, they're really looking for tourists, you know, and they do treat tourists and Westerners very well. But what I'll mm. tell you is this. One of the reasons I like being out of the country is because I did experience it was almost like coming out of a, a unhealthy relationship. Like once you get out of the country, mm. I can't really explain it. It was more on like a mental level, like something just fades away. The the American, the, the feeling of being in America, which is I know when I come back, it's going to be a real culture shock. 
to come Interesting. back because because mm. you really when you're in the U.S. I mean, you really feel like we're like we're the center of everything, and then you get out of the country and you're kind of like, oh, we're not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, no, we, I, we, I, we influence everything, but it just fades away, and I could go. You know, I could go weeks without talking about what's going on in the U.S. here. Nobody here cares about that. And, um, you know, I bring it up. You know, I got a Canadian friend over here and we talk about these things from time to time. And, you know, um, if I if I turn on the news or I tune into your podcast, I, I'm present to it. But it, it just it, it's almost like on a spiritual level, you're just not around it as much. It's not in the air, you know, like. People just aren't talking about any of these things. Like people well, it's because it's, it's not at the center of their life. And see, no. that's why I'm trying to back off. Like I, I rarely talk about politics or economics anymore. I prefer philosophy. But man, no, nobody else in this country has got anything going on except for what the news tells them to have going on in their life. So man, I'd, I'd like to find a place where, you know, they're just happy they got a new moped or something like that. So well, that's, uh, we well, that's have, <laughs> you guys know this guy? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> What's up, Bacon? Hello, Bacon. You there? You're muted, Bacon. You're muted, Bacon. There. We still can't hear you, Bacon. I didn't mute him, did I? Nope, he's not. No. I think he's out. No, he's still. Is he all right? I think his microphone is not working or something. Maybe he can't hear us. Bacon, come back in. I'm going to boot you out. Come back in. All right. <laughs> is he in his car? He he was. How does he have that setup? I've seen him in his car before. What what does he do? Record from his phone? Probably. And he live streams like that? Yeah. I, okay. Maybe I'm too old. Is, is that you, possible? You are. Yeah, okay, yes, it right, is. Yeah. Yeah, I can okay. live stream from my phone now. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you youngins with your thing. Uh, let's get through some more super chats while uh, <clears throat> while we wait for Alex Patino, a truck driving Latino agent in the field. Happy Thanksgiving, Cappy. I'm driving to Crane, Indiana. Now you made my evening less boring. Actually, let's look that up. Where is Crane, Indiana? I've never heard of that. There's a lot of caves in Indiana, by the way. Is that part of that whole uh, Mammoth Cave, Ohio River kind of system? Or how do, how did they get all those caves down there? Um, I don't know how. I'm not a geologist, but I know there's a lot in there. Um, I would like to visit Indiana sometime. <clears throat> yeah, we got to go find that cave I found over in Deadwood. All right, where are we? I'm pulling this back. Anthem, are you spelunking still? Uh, so I'm still part of that uh, group. I haven't been able to do it that much now, uh, now because of uh, how busy I am. Hmm. Yeah. I'm still the, the vice chairman in my caving club. I'll, I'll say this to you, Cappy, when we're talking about nature, dudes. what you should do, you get out of the country, you go to the mm. Philippines, if you if that ever becomes travelable again. Mm. You got to go canyoneering. Have you ever been canyoneering? I've gone, yes, but not professionally with ropes or anything like that. They got canyons over in the Philippines? No, no, no. no. I'm sorry. That's. I think the word, maybe I didn't use the right word. It's really just just hiking through these like amazing, it's, it's specific to the Philippines, these amazing lakes that look like the ocean. They're blue water. Uh -huh. And you spend like two hours just jumping up and down these mountains, jumping, you know, diving through uh, pools and everything. So um, wait, I, I go, you're confusing me. Okay. So I go to a, a, a lake and I swim no, to a mountain across from the lake or what, what are you talking about? No, it's about just here? like a hike through a really cool landscape. 
That's all. Oh, and and okay. it, they say canyoneering because there's a lot of like jumping down into like pools and then swimming mm. across and and huh. um I'll send you some pictures or videos of when I did it. I think it's usually canyoneering means like there's a canyon and you go down into it, but you need yeah. ropes and rappelling. That's the and no, may, no, there no, may no. or may not be no, water. Not canyons there. in the Philippines, I believe. No, no, it's not what I meant. No, but also, yeah. I think yeah. Vietnam has like the biggest cave on the planet, doesn't it? Does yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, they found it not too long ago. Uh, like when we say when we say big, are we talking like volume? Or are we talking mileage of of passageway? Probably both. <laughs> okay. I don't it know says, how big it is right now. By volume. Seth, Seth, mute, mute your thing when we're talking, or put on some headphones. It's uh, it's called a uh, Hangson Dong or Dung. I don't know. No. Do, uh, now here's here's a question for you, Atham. Do countries really exist unless there's caves there? Um. No. No. Okay. All right. Just do do. What if there's cute redheads in these countries, but no caves? Uh, their territories, then. Their territory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get through some more super chats. Uh, <clears throat> Unifrog, ten Australian dollars, more money from Unifrog. Thank you. Over our holidays are increasingly uh, Americanized. We used to not have Halloween, but now we see all the crap in the shops just after Easter. Thanksgiving is getting popular. I can understand exporting Halloween because that's a fun. I mean, who doesn't like Halloween? Um, but I don't know. There should be like specific Australian holidays, uh, based on kangaroo boxing or something like that. Not just like, oh, we're going to take this one because there's no historical background to that. So, and Evan, what, there's got to be like a, a unique Mexican holiday, not Cinco de Mayo, but something unique. Day uh, of the dead, maybe. Yeah. Dia de los muertos. I re that's my favorite one. Okay. Yeah. What's that? What's that? What about like just uh, pretty much you past or right? You honor your dead by uh, making like a shrine uh, with food and, and drinks, and so supposedly that's because they come to visit that day. So that's for them, okay. you know, like like a gift for them. Okay. So they have something to eat, pretty much. What's her name? Mary Jo, who may or may not show up. She she was uh, like twenty eighty. Cause she's such, she's like going to the nursing home to help out with the elderly, not even her family. She's just going to the nursing home to help out. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're probably a better person than me. Maybe you don't have to come to the podcast. That's all right. But, um, she, that's like her favorite holiday and she ain't even Mexican. She's Dominican. And, well, um, well, yeah. the sugar, the sugar skulls, they're really, really nice. And, and, the uh, bread of the dead. That's my favorite bread ever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you ever tried that, huh? No, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I could yeah. try food, uh, but I've never seen somebody so excited about Day of the Dead. Uh, mm. Like she's more giddy than a kid at Christmas. So I, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know if there was like something really awesome that happens on Day of the Dead aside from you know food and celebration and costumes. Yeah, it's just pretty much food. Uh, no, we don't wear costumes. That's more of a uh, an American thing. That's more oh, like Halloween. Okay. Yeah. All right, let me scroll down, make sure. We, let's get through this. We'll bring on Bacon again. Bacon, can you hear us now? I can hear you. Is this damn thing working yes, now? Yes, there, there we go. Now we hear your wonderful voice. baritone voice. <laughs> with with, right. with only the finest audio quality a phone can give, yes. No, he's got a, he's got a microphone next to his uh, uh, mouth. Don't yeah, and it? it's not fucking working. This damn thing is a fucking headdress, apparently. Oh, uh, never mind. Oh. Never mind. Well, what's up, Bacon? How you doing? Oh, just great. Uh, I'm in between uh, my folks' place and uh, the uh, the next place I was headed. Is going to a friend's place uh, for Friendsgiving or whatever the hell they call it. Mm -hmm. 
my uh, my folks just had to go to the hospital. So, oh, hopefully nothing serious, or is it bad? Well, I mean, she's had to have uh, I don't know. She's had to have kidneys uh, basically like replaced. So I uh-huh. think those got inflamed or infected or something. So your mom had a kidney uh, transplant. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, and then they're not taking, or they just—I I guess regular things that happen no, with the transplant. She's had like it's—it's it's been a while since uh, she's gotten them. It's just like, I, I guess every once in a while something just goes wrong with them. So yeah, they're—they're they're headed to a uh, good old uh, Seattle to uh, you know to get that treated. Okay. Well, I hope your mom works. <laughs> Drinking in there. Are you in a garage or something, or at your home, or what? I am in a. Uh, well, I'm in a rental. Let's just say this uh, this month has not been very kind to me. <laughs> well, I, I hope things are going better. Did we at least get you a couple hundred subscribers? You did, dude. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I really do appreciate that, man. Like, yeah, I'm getting close to like 500 or something. See, but that's what I, I, I okay, look, I got DT a thousand because let's be honest, everyone wanted to smite him and force him to drive me to the airport. Whereas you're a guy who could really use the monetize, monetized channel. I mean, you bust your ass off. You didn't exactly come from the, you know, you, you weren't born on Mercer Island or, or for those of you, that would be Winnetka from the Midwest. Um, <clears throat> if people could please subscribe to your channel, it's the goddamn bacon. I mean, go there and subscribe. Just so you could, because you, you, God Almighty, your podcasts are going like five, six hours long. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, Friday night uh, shit show, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, I mean, can you tell us what's going on that's so bad, or you rather keep it private? I don't mean to ex- expose you to the universe, but I mean, you know, basically we're your friends, so we kind of care. Well, no, it's like, uh, long and short of it is, uh, you know, like I was down for, a couple of months or I was in a rental for a couple of months, uh, for various reasons. Uh, basically, you know, like, I mean, you, you know, that you, you and DT actually did a, uh, a show about this about a year or two ago. Like, you know, like check engine light comes on and yeah. basically that just means like just some emissions BS, uh, you know, uh, you know, right. Your O2 sensor on. is off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it's different when the oil light comes on. So if your oil light comes on and, uh, you know, you have oil in there, that either means there's a, the sensor itself is bad mm. or you're not getting oil pressure. That's mm. very serious. So basically I had to get flatbedded out of Seattle. Um, so the timing set was bad or something like that. And they gave me this fucking runner on like, you know, like, yeah, your car is old, you know, you could take the money and put well, that's down not the run around on your car, new car or something. Like they weren't lion baking. Your car is old. I mean, how was it like a '94 or something? Oh yeah, it's got, it's got like four hundred thousand something miles on, but the the engine was basically it was uh, re, basically I had a brand new engine in it. Mm. Um, so you know, like okay, like what they do, like they told me, hey, you know, just see if you can find an engine or something. You know, like that'd be easier to do. Just drop drop an engine in, mm-hmm. so I actually listened to him for a bit. Like called around, saw all kinds of engines. Like basically the best one I could find. It, was, it had like twenty or thirty thousand miles more uh, than uh, the one that I had, and God knows what condition that was in. 
So you know, what so did like, by this time, time I come back was like everybody like they're basically like two three months out. Oh God! They had to flatbed it out to an engine specialist. What hell? And it, hold he it, hold was it. like two months out from uh, you know getting it handled. Right. So yeah, here's so, my question: Why don't you just go? I mean, I I know money would be an issue, but is there a like a cheap car place? Like after all this stuff, wouldn't it just be easier to go find like a piece of junk car to get by at least for winter? Well, shit, I might just have to do that because uh, basically the uh, the fucking oil pump went. And yeah, uh, the the engine went soon afterwards, and I had to get flatbedded off the freeway. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna incur more uh, costs. Hang on, I gotta give me a second. You're gonna have to. You're gonna incur more costs fixing that darn thing than you are getting a new one. I mean, there's got to be like a salvage vehicle shop nearby where you can you can get a car on the cheap. I don't know. I might have. Yeah, I might have to do that, man. Um, you know, it's either that or just find like a, just find like an old motor to get me by until, you know, I can get something else uh, done. Okay. I mean, the thing that really pissed me off was like, you know, like I, per- I took pretty damn good care of, uh, you know, that engine and everything else that was in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, I had a few other things going on with it, but you know, was, Jesus Christ, that you do everything right and things still go wrong. You know, <laughs> welcome. You just getting that now? Yeah. Tell me about like, it. <laughs> yeah, look at Atham. My God, it's just you know, it's oh, uh, it's just a, a constant barrage of problems after problems, man. Uh, that's, that's what you do. I you guess Atham wouldn't know a little something about that. Yeah. Well, it it's it it's so bad. Like, um, I was shocked. I'm not kidding. Like, you want you guys want to hear my victory today? What I'm thankful for, even though I don't believe in that. You know, what am I thankful for? Not much. Because there ain't much to be thankful for, to be perfectly oh, honest. Well, you don't have cancer. I mean, yeah, I guess I don't have cancer. Yeah, right? Right? I mean, I, I, I still have both my feet. I mean, we can, you know, your mom would argue, you're at least not blind and crippled and living in Africa. It's like, yeah, I, I suppose not, mom. But, you know, it, it still is. Ex- but um, so I got an Oculus Quest, right? And I've been effing with an Xbox One and Xbox 360 and getting these video games. And there's always these updates. Like, you can't play your video games because the Xbox is always updating. And then if you want to play this game, it has to download updates for the video game. And it's just become this tedious nightmare to play a video game because basically I work all day, most of the night and then, okay, now I'm going to relax and chill. I don't want to go drive around. Just want to sit and play a video game. So you're, you're coming up to this point where you got maybe an hour before you go to bed and then the game's going to download for two hours. And it's just this incredibly frustrating experience where you can't even relax or engage in a vice it'd be like there's a full bottle of rumplements you take off the thing and as you pour it it evaporates away none of it ever makes it into the glass let alone your mouth and so it it was quite agitated i know it sounds like a petty thing but it's very agitating when your one little vice or bit of fun is taken away and then you just go to bed anyway well i downloaded a game on my oculus quest i'm like okay what fuckery is going to be involved in this you know am i gonna have to have a password a username um, <clears throat> is it not going to work? It's going to take eight hours to download. All I wanted was a golf game. So I dropped 20 bucks on it, downloaded. And guess what happened? It worked. It worked. And I'm not <laughs> kidding. I was excited that it worked. I'm like, Oh my God. It, I don't have to log in. I don't have to come up with a username or a, a pass name or anything like that. It just worked. 
And yeah, man, that's it. That's the world we live in. Like 90, literally 90% of the time, things do not work the way they're supposed to. Remember back in the day when you just bought a video game, you put it inside your console and it just worked? No patches required? Yeah. Those were the good old days. It's, I, have it's a, a, I have a PS4. I've never had that issue. I mean, I guess well, I do have to download updates from time to time, but I mean... Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I know what Cap is doing. My, 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 my updates download while I'm sleeping, so I don't know, Cap. Maybe you might want to look yeah, into that. A, a lot of it is I don't turn it on. Like, the past nine months, I've been working so much that, like, I'll turn it on, and there was one day where it was, like, literally five hours of updates, you know, that have been backlogged. Mm. So I understand that. I'm just... I, I talked about this with the, called the, the veneer of possibility or the veneer of potential where I'll give you another example. I go to Menards, which is a Home Depot out here. And literally about 40% of the stuff you buy from Menards will break or doesn't work when you when you buy it. <laughs> and it's incredibly frustrating because like, yeah, you know, bacon, you got a new engine in the car. This should work, but no. And just one thing doesn't have to work. And if you look at your life, your life is no different than a car. You know, a car has a lot of moving parts, so does your life. <clears throat> and whereas in a car, you know, like, okay, if uh, if the interior light doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. So, okay, your garage door doesn't work. It's not the end of the world. But there's a lot of key and critical components to your life, like your job or your health or your lodging or anything else like that. And, yeah, man, it's uh, all 5,000 components have to work the way they're supposed to. Otherwise, life is not livable. And it's certainly agitating and annoying, but that's that's been my experience. Even when times are good, it's still this agitating, uh, grinding experience. Uh, yeah, that, that's my experience as well. You know, something breaks, and then you go move move into uh, solve the problem, and then something goes wrong as well, hmm. and then you have to fix the problem of the problem. <laughs> no. It never ends. Yeah, no, it doesn't. So. But anyway, for for everyone, if you would subscribe to Bake and help them out, I mean, because uh, I won't lie, if you have money, money does solve problems. It won't make you happy, but it solves problems. And Bacon's been why don't you, huh? Can you give people his uh, his YouTube channel? Yeah, I the goddamn to. Bacon. Yeah, search the goddamn Bacon on YouTube, and you'll find it, and you subscribe it. No, and he has it, a good I'll show too. Yeah, he has a good show too. Um, although when you get those Southern boys in there, and they're all loud and Southerny. <laughs> I mean, they're like the Duke boys from Dukes of Hazzard. It's like, oh, hey, okay, I better listen to this during the day when I'm not I tell, asleep. I tell them about that. They got a, they got a real <laughs> kick out of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to some more Super Chats so we don't fall too far behind. Forum, for 20 generous Canadian dollars, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency versus mining versus trading, buying? <clears throat> you see value in one or the other given the chip shortages? I, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I mean, if I would presume... You know, this would be like a mechanic question. Like if you're already a mechanic or you got the tools, well, yeah, obviously you'd fix your own car. Um, I mean, if you have form, if you have the gear and the equipment, maybe because the capital expenditure has already been done. But I, I don't know what's more cost beneficial. And then buying trading, like I don't know any buyers or traders that actually make money. If that's like how you plan on profiting off of it. Because um, most people, they, they, they don't know what they're doing because they can't predict the the future so i when it trading no buy and hold like investing long-term investing yes i could see that that's easier <clears throat> but um, can i can i weigh yeah. in on this for sure, a second please, Seth, I, go ahead. I can't i i don't know i i'm not an expert on crypto trading or buying but one of the things that's interesting is i did get caught up in the whole mining thing for a bit just because i happen to have a nvidia 
I have a really good laptop with a mm -hmm. nice graphics card. And I found one of these, um, uh, I, I kind of got sucked into that rabbit hole of mining because I was using nice hash and then I discovered all the mining, you know, you can buy the, uh, those dedicated machines that are just for mining. And I did all the calculations and I kind of got caught up in all that and got excited because you start thinking, oh my God, it's basically like printing free money, right? You just yeah. leave your computer running and you're, you're making Bitcoin by helping them complete these equations. It's a very small amount of money. What I did is I actually thought about investing in some of these machines as well. I could buy a computer here or you can buy one of these machines. And you kind of, when you do the math, I mean, I guess you just have to look at the math. And once you once you look at the amount of power you, you have to expend on the on the machine itself and mm -hmm. the amount of time it has to run, I mean, that's really where you have to look at the equation. I got it was I got really excited for about two or three days. And I said, this is like everything else. It's going to take about maybe six months, seven, eight months to recoup your recoup your initial investment in the equipment. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's all you know, I think if you think that the currency is going to continue to go up, then it could be a good it could be a good investment. You just have to think about the actual, I think, practical. Like for, the other thing was, I've, I said, do I want to have a machine on my property running 24 seven? Mm -hmm. Like there's no also there's incredible amount of noise that comes from these machines yeah. when you're running them. I don't know if you're, and then there's companies now where you can outsource it, where you'll pay them for it. It's a whole rabbit hole. I'm not an expert on it at all, but. I don't know. I just I thought it was very interesting. I could see where people get get into that for sure. Yeah, and it's fun too. I mean, that's like if, if you are an intellectual person, that sounds like a, a really cool hobby or project to get into. Like, oh, I gotta build like a, a supercomputer or something like that. But in terms of cost benefit, when people are moving to different countries because of their electrical costs and that's how they're gonna make a profit, then you're kind of like, Yeah, this this market is pretty uh, filled with competitors. And I don't know if there's a lot of profit potential for rookie Joe to come in and, and kind of bang out some money. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, I mean, you guys know who, uh, Abel American is. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Over yeah, in Germany. So I think he, that's one of the things he does. Like he has like a whole, you know, Bitcoin, you know, mining rig or something like, I mean, I, I know, I, I know it's, it's supposed to be like a set amount and, you know, I guess by this point, you know, most of, most of that stuff has been mined out, so to speak. So, I mean, you, you really are starting to get to the law of diminished returns, you know, to the point where, geez, like, are you, I mean, is the amount of electricity uh, that you're burning, uh, you know, is, is that even going to be offset by whatever you're producing? Right. When I'm in, and Abu, he works a real job during the daytime as a construction guy. So I'm sure this is probably more of a, a hobby or just a little, you know, he tosses a line in the water. Maybe he catches a fish, maybe not. But uh, yeah, no, I, I look, guys, there's, I'll tell you this there's nothing wrong with making a lot of money on crazy investments or a new investment comes along, you toss a couple hundred bucks on it because it is gambling. Um, and it's fun and it's interesting, but if this is how you're going to make money, no guys, it, it's, it's not exciting stuff. How you make money. You major in chemical engineering, you major in accounting, you do not major in finance. Um, you know, you don't major in art as Seth will tell you. And then if you're going to do something outside of the traditional things, you got to do something that's in demand. You provide, you go do digital marketing. You help people get jobs, that, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> I mean, even my and I'll admit right now, this shtick I do, it's not even shtick, but this is this is luck. You know, I was the right guy at the right place and I did a lot of work and I was present on the Internet. But, you know, oh, I'm going to become a YouTube personality or sensation. or I'm going to become a you're more reliable to get 
money as an OnlyFans girl than you are any kind of crypto trader, currency trader, or the male equivalent of that. And you're, for the amount of time and effort you're going to spend, you know, setting up a mining rig or trading stocks options, bro, or flipping houses, just go become a plumber. You know, just go deliver Uber Eats or something. And you're right. And if you do that long enough, you're going to all of a sudden be in a very good financial position. Um, so, you know, all this stuff should be hobby. You know, that's how I started this. This was a hobby. I didn't like, I'm going to go and, and get, get a be Like, did you guys see? I don't know how much you guys watch uh, the consultations I do. Did you see the one where the guy had his master's in piano? Oh, I saw it. I left a super chat <laughs> in that one. Yeah. So he his like, okay, so I'm going to teach, duh. And I'm going to work a real job. And I didn't want to mention what it was, but it was a real job he's doing. He's like, but I'd like to become a life coach and use music to help people in the red pill. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, kid. Just he was what, 24? Yeah, he's like 24. It's like, just <laughs> tell me you're lazy without telling me you're lazy. It's like, guys, knock it off. Your time is incredibly precious. Invest your time in things that have a payoff. Even if it's something like fixing your own car, building your own home, because you're saving money there. But this, oh, I'm going to buy a rig and I don't really know what I'm doing and maybe I'll make money or I'm going to invest in, in beanie babies. Like, guys, just, just, I mean, it's male, it's male astrology. It's male tarot card reading. Knock it off. I think, you know, what you do and what I've done, is, I mean, I really believe everything comes down to providing value to people, which is why the crypto shit mm -hmm. kind of does drive me a little nuts because I'm like, it's just people, it's just, it is just gambling. Um, there's not really the people who are creating the systems are, I just met a guy this week actually who has a crypto coin fear.io. And I think it's fascinating what he's doing, but most people are just trying to kind of, kind of chase after money. And, mm -hmm. um, I think the advice you're giving is really good. I think you do provide a lot of value to people. That's why you've done well. Um, but I was going to point out the other skill set is marketing and sales. If you do want to start your own thing and it, it should start as a hobby. I agree with you. Like I tell people start it, you know, have your foundational income. And then if you want to, if the dude wants to be a life coach with music or whatever, he can do it if he learns how to market it and sell it to people. And that's where people have a disconnect. It's like sales and marketing is the, is that one of those number one skill sets? Right. But let me ask you this. Shouldn't, shouldn't there also be an authenticity to it? Like he's a 24 year old dipshit kid who lives at home with his parents. Right. He, he pissed away hundreds of thousands of, well, $150,000 on a worthless career, what possible advice could he give? Like, I've gone through the ringer. I've made tons of mistakes, but I've also recovered from it. Um, Atham is, you know, the reason I, I have Atham as like, if I pass away, Atham gets asshole consulting. He's gone through the ringer. He knows he's come from the school of hard knocks. He can actually dispense this advice. So if someone comes up with this situation, I hate these fucking fake life coach, self-declared assholes coming in. I'm a fucking loser and a failure. But I'm going to tell you how to live your life. It's like, oh, go fuck yourself. And so I, I can understand a salesmanship and the quality of marketing. But don't you have to be authentic or the product have to be real? I agree 100%. I mean, you don't have to because there are a lot of those shitheads. who I see this all the time in, in True. my course world. People, they, they're really good marketers and they're shitty people mm. and they still can sell. Um, mm. But we, I didn't really think about it from that perspective. But you're right. I mean, you know, I tried to do like, stuff like that in my 20s and it was the right thing i didn't know what the fuck i was doing so what business did i have you know giving people advice now in my 30s is when i started this course and i i had gone through as you said the ringer 
<laughs> really. And I had a lot to share with people, but yeah, I do think that's a problem. And that's, you know, there's a lot of posers. There's a lot of people out there who have no business. Coaching. But um, what we're all saying is, I mean, the, the perspective people are coming from is just screwed up. If anything, I always tell people, if you just skip college in the first place, you've already saved, you've already saved money, you know? Oh yeah. Um, at least, at least 50 grand. Yeah. But uh, I think, it's, it's all about building something. That's what you're really speaking to. I think it's like, yeah, kids 24. It's like, okay, well, yeah, get your shit together. Maybe, maybe, maybe actually get your own life together and then start, you know, doing this thing on a small scale. Um, I also think a lot of younger people have these like dreams of being millionaires and they don't have any direct connections. Like make, make a thousand dollars before you make a million dollars. Let me, I want to get rich. I want to get rich in here. Rich, we got echo. Are you going to no, it's no, like it's you, Rich. That's me. Hold on a sec. I'll, I'll switch over to my laptop for a minute. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I want to get Rich in on this because he's he, like everyone else on the Rule Zero group. Everybody else had had real world experience and they, they happened into this. And I think Rich, especially with the clientele, he's had, he gets pissed. I want to hear him about the uh, about the poser. We'll go through some super chats, though, in the meantime, play catch up here. Uh, Darius Thurman, <clears throat> $10 request for the brothers. Meta Facebook is doing a digital marketing scholarship to help over 100,000 black people get in the industry. Seth, can you review it and make a video? I'll I'll look into it. I don't know what this is. I've helped more black people get into the industry than Facebook at this point. I'll right. say that much. I no. mean, I have an incredibly high percentage of minority students, and uh, I think it's a great skill set. We'll see what you, these guys. You Facebook know, is doing a digital marketing scholarship. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're effective in their teaching. You know, I've seen right. a lot of these big programs, even like Udacity. They claim to have all these testimonials. Maybe they do. They don't provide first names and last names or the companies people are working for. So I don't know. You know. If they, because the problem, I don't know what Facebook's going to actually be teaching. They usually don't teach the actual resume interview, how to actually get the job part of the process, which mm. is why that my course is different. Because most people say, hey, this is how Facebook ads work. This is how Google ads work. Good luck. Mm. They don't teach you how to actually communicate it to a hiring manager, or how to get a client or anything like that. But, but who knows? Maybe, it'll, maybe it'll be effective. I'll, I'll take a look into it. Uh, Alex Patino for $10, who's down in Indiana somewhere. Just so you know, the reason there's a driver shortage is because most companies pay shit. Then companies try to keep you at a thousand a week or less, and the better company will pay 1500. So there's a huge turnover. I, out of curiosity, Alex, I mean, you don't have to do another super chat, but I'm, I'm kind of curious why this is a question I've had for most employers. We got high tur turnover. I'm like, gee, I wonder what the solution is. Maybe pay more so you get loyal employees. And I don't know if, if truck drivers are such a commodified skill that, you know, you could just grab one guy and drop them in and, and they're equal to the other. But um, I, I just, I don't know, just say no. And, but I, I got to write Alex's book. He sent me the notes. So I'll write about how to make six figures as a truck driver. Ice knows two bucks. Elber Gun. <laughs> what? Hang on. Who, do you guys know what this is? No. No. Elber Gun, donde esta yono como? Atham, what does this mean? What did come on? You all laughing here? Is this at my expense? Obviously, what is this? What does this mean? No, no, finish the super chat. So I can explain that to you. That is the super chat. There's nothing else to it. Uh, it's it's a play with they're playing with words in Spanish. Elber Gun means the guy with a big unit. Uh, yeah, okay. and uh, the rest of it is just 
something silly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get Rich in here. How you doing, Rich? Can you you hearing us all right? Yeah. What's going on? Oh, much better. So, um, you got you get. There's a can a Canadian Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, we had ours like a month ago. It's a month ago. Okay. All right. Well, happy American Thanksgiving. Glad you could join us here. Yeah, we got to do it when it's warm, or so we no. just do it further on in the year. <laughs> what? The, I'm kind of curious. I because you've been taking a sabbatical. Kind of curious how you're doing. Um, what, what do you think of all these life coaches, these self-declared experts with the avatars coming up? Oh, I don't even get Thanks. fucking started. That's like one of the reasons why I need a break from all the bullshit. It's like, don't even get me started on those losers. Well, it, it it was, I didn't really pay attention to it much until Stone started posting them all over the place. But what, what the hell? I mean, just what people coming in and they it's think not it's even, formulaic. Aaron, it's not even the guys with the avatars. I mean, you know, like half of them will show their face, but they were nobodies before they learned how to press an upload button or go live. They were mm-hmm. literally like they had nothing going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. And now they purport and hold out to be experts. And, you know, they're just morons, most of them. So, you know, needed, you know, needed a break from all the bullshit. Well, and then Modern Life, John took some time off. And that's another thing I kind of want to ask. I mean, a lot of people think it's like the psychologists. Like, oh, how hard is it there to sit and listen to? to people's problems. And it's like, yeah, at first, I mean, it's not like you're laying sod or working manual labor in the coal mines, but it takes a mental toll. Well, listen, it takes a mental toll to dispense useful advice. So mm-hmm. you can dispense advice. And again, a lot of these guys do, and a lot of them dispense useless advice. Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about you though. I mean, oh, I, I don't think That's I, why I charge $3,000 an hour and people are willing to give it to me. Right. But then you still kind of needed to take a long sabbatical, right? Well, you know what? I'm a lot happier, you know, rolling solo. I'm, you know, I've written four chapters in my next book. You know, I listen to your book. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of stuff done. You know, I'm able to do a lot of uh, playing to win episodes and line up some interesting people to talk to. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad that you you kind of looked after yourself. But I want to talk to Modern Life John, too, because he took – I don't know if you were what you weren't there on the Rule Zero episode, but Modern Life John came in, and it looked like he just got out of Auschwitz, like he was drawn and beat and tired. And I'm like, "Geez, John, what the hell happened?" And I don't think a lot of people realize it's like, yeah. Now I'm in probably not as high class clientele as you got, but I'm, yeah, I had to take a couple weeks off too because I'm getting sick and tired of lazy people asking me for the solution and the meaning and the purpose to life, as long as it doesn't take any work. And I've, I've kind of jacked up my prices on those guys too. What are you wearing, Cappy? I got my Fez from uh, some Moroccan fans. I have my smoker jacket that I bought to celebrate publishing bachelor pad <laughs> I'm with, economics. I'm, with, I'm waiting for you to pull out one of those boxes where you do the thing like this and the oh, monkey pops out of it or some shit like that. No, I'm not the dancing monkey. I'm, I'm a classy Hugh Hefner type guy right here. I got my ascot. I got this jacket. I'm not kidding. Now you think I'm cheap and I am. But when I wrote Bachelor Pad Economics, it took me like Dude, three I had months. no idea how cheap you were until I listened to Enjoy the Decline. What? Wait, how is <laughs> Wait, what was so cheap about that? And and you missed one of the most important components of dealing with milk in the credit system. Well, what was, well, you're an expert in that, not me. What was I that? I am. Yes, I am indeed. Yeah. Uh, so I'll probably have to put that in my second book to make sure I cover that. But I will certainly, you know, quote and reference, you know, enjoy the decline in it because I think it covers some interesting aspects. 
I appreciate. It. Anyway, this is this was eight hundred dollars, Rich. You okay? spent eight hundred dollars on that. On well, the whole. You should outfit. ask him for your money back. Is what? You no, no, uh, you know, you know, you you have bad taste in all the fine things. You think you have to have a fancy new car. You don't like my old donks. You don't like it. It just. I, I, when I, and when you fly to Rapid City, I'm going to pick you up in the old Tonk and you're going to enjoy it. You're going to say, well, at least I know there's lots of room in the trunk to put there, shit in there. Yeah, there is. We could, it's probably going to be a few bodies like rotting in there at the same time, right? No, I'm not Joe Pesci. No. <laughs> what, uh, what's the new book about? It's just a, it's just a follow up, you know, to the first, you know, diving a little deeper down the rabbit hole and covering some stuff that I didn't deal with, you know, in the first one because people were always like asking for me to expand and explode on a bunch of other. Uh, ideas and details so just take it a little bit further you know because i've you know i've just surrendered to the idea that you know the world's going to shit and there's a way that you can enjoy the world going to shit and there's some stuff that i didn't talk about when it comes to making money because i mean like you're more on the angle of uh you know the minimalism thing and i'm more on the angle of the optimism or optimization of of, uh things but Mm. you know i take a, a very pragmatic approach to it as well too right so it's more of a because i thought your first book was very well it, it was a a singular book like it, it it covered the topic very thoroughly and very well and was yeah. was precise but this would be a follow-up in terms of like uh what time management life management economics career type of stuff uh well here let me take a look at the chapters i've already got written okay yeah i'm kind of curious um got a chapter on the differences between men and women that one's really interesting uh the decline in the west how to enjoy and prosper in it uh frame um i'm talking about things in frame that haven't been addressed by many people um, in the Mano Swamp. So that'll be a, that'll be a good chapter. Uh, Disrespect, I think is another big one. I got a few um, chapter titles that I'm, that I'm playing with and um, it's going to be good. I mean, you know, it's probably going to take me four or five years to finish the book, you know, to, to, to the captain capitalism standards, but I'll get it out there and it'll outsell the shit out of all your stuff. Yeah. 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 It will. It will. What, uh, well, how long did your first book take? Was that like two years or under two years or something? Um, I came up with the ideas I was going to put in it when I met Rolo and I said to him, uh, Hey, do you want to do the forward? Which was, I think, in real life in 2017. Okay. Yeah. And it came out, but you didn't start going pen to paper because it didn't take you five years to write that thing. No, I, I probably started really hustling on it about, I want to say, 15 months before I finished it. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that's, look, most people never finish the damn book. You know, it's, uh, what was the book, uh, Brian, the dog wrote in family guy. He was always writing it. I don't know. I don't watch family guy Fa- faster than the speed of love. <clears throat> that's what it was. The faster than the speed of love would where he never finishes it. But yeah, no year and a half to finish that book. That's, that's actually pretty good. So. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. No, this one will be out. What another month and a half or year and a half about. Uh, well, you're gonna bother me like every week now for the next. I'm like, no, I'm not, it's just, I, I genuinely <laughs> sometimes rich. It doesn't matter. Sometimes rich. I actually care. You know, sometimes <laughs> these guys maybe maybe be being you know slamming I mean, on everybody. I mean, like you're gonna put out two or three pamphlets in the time that I'm writing my one, right? Pamphlet. Hey, look, yours wasn't no Atlas Shrugged either. Okay, it was. Uh, nobody was wants. It, under to, nobody wants to read an Atlas Shrugged. They want 200 pages, you know, so they can rip through it. That's how that, you sell books, Cappy. You know, you are a hundred percent right because I wrote uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the millennial book. And that, well, the uh, bachelor pad was your longest one, wasn't it? Yes, but I wrote how not to become a millennial, and that was just shy of five hundred pages, about the same length as bachelor pad. Uh, and that one is one of my worst selling books, even though I think Which it's, one was it's the probably one? 
that was it wasn't a pen name vince uh, vince barrick he bought it from me because he wanted to go write stuff under his name there it was so dark um and for other reasons i'm like you know what i'll let him buy out and we split royalties and it reverts back to me when he dies because he's an old fart um but it was like okay but regardless it just the it did not sell as i as i thought it would uh and then i banged out um uh, what was the book of numbers and that thing sold like hot take uh, hotcakes and you're right people want a short digestible book they don't want a deep rollo-esque philosophical tome unless it's written by rollo himself mm. and so though at that 200 you know 175 225 one very narrow focused topic i think those are the type of books that do sell best yeah, well, I mean, I, I just wanted to focus on kind of delivering the way that I do in my videos, which is like straight and right to the point, like no, mm-hmm. you know, no rambling on and on stuff. Just just get right to it. You know what I found interesting and <clears throat> I'm kind of curious if it's happened in your consultation. Like I got all these books out there and I got all these videos out there and pe- people come up to me and they will say, oh, I want to hire you for this particular request. I say, well, mm-hmm. if you read that book, that'll solve it for a fraction of what I'd charge you. And they still pay. Have you found that where it's like, here's all the resources yeah. you can get it, and they still want to talk to you? Yeah, like they'll like they'll book me, and I'll say, hey, you know, did you read the book? Because in the chapter I cover what what you need to hear, and he's like, well, no. All right, well, <laughs> do you want to read the book and you know save yourself three thousand dollars, or you want to spend like twelve bucks and listen to the damn thing, and you know come back after you've read it, and we'll do clarification, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, some guys they they just want to hear it right from the horse's mouth. So it's like, okay, cool. You know, yeah, I'll take your no, money I, if you want to give it to me. I had a guy, uh, he wanted to know how to market his book on Amazon or self publish in general. And I think oh, no more than advice. A... I hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at the funny Canadian. Is it? Hey, I, I did. I'm surprised when I get I've been away for a while, man. You know, I've got a little bit of pent up, you know, shit that I can yeah, stick some yeah. burgers at. Yeah. Are you, are you enjoying your time off though? Cut a, oh, yeah. a break from it. Okay, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw a couple pictures of you on a boat and all that. And you oh, that was in the summertime. It's fucking snowing here right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you're going, it's not all work. You can't hold on to the, to the, the the whatever power cord forever you got to release and let go a little bit so i'm glad that you're taking a sabbatical no one's superman and because yeah if you if you stare into the abyss for too long it starts to stare back at you and even i'm starting to have a little bit of i wouldn't say mental issues but i'm finding myself getting really angry with my client base you're always angry though, man. like every time i hear you talking about you know one of these requests you're just snapping on everybody all the time Right, but that was my base level of anger before I came into it. I've always been like this, so that's no. But it's it's gotten worse to the point I do go to anger management, but that's to handle other things, dealing with the house and and all this other stuff. Do you really go to um, anger management? Like, yeah, how do they treat that. It's a group, and it's it's really and there's like a therapist. They lead it. Why don't they just roll you a big fat joint and say smoke this? And just chill. You know, uh, because because Atham and Chad have already been lobbying for me to follow that, and oh, okay. and one of these days I might do that, but. I would like to not rely on booze was how I treated it before. And it worked because mm. it calmed you down. I mean, literally within two minutes, I was like, oh, I mean, your problems didn't go away, but you didn't get all worked up about them. The problem with um, booze, I find, is that, it, is that it turns off the filters, right? So if, you, so if you're boozing, mm-hmm. you turn off the filters and you say and do shit that, that you would normally filter, which might be why you're, you know, tweaking out a little bit. 
Well, and, and some of it, you know, you could tell when I'm lit in some of my consultations, but because of my previous anger and rage, it's no more angry or, or, or hurtful uh, than when I'm hammered. So, uh, but in like social situations, yeah, there's, I'm not exactly Cary Grant all the time. It, you know, there's like anyone else. If you get too schlitzed, you're, you're not, you're not on your full game. Um, but no, it was more, more health than anything else. Uh, cause you can't, you can't be drinking all the time. You inevitably, what something's going to go consults hundred dollars an hour. That's not unless they're particularly fly. stupid or they like go up. Did you see Cooper? Not, uh, the other Cooper, Sterling Cooper's Sterling. wall of text that he got. No, no. I, like immediately. Yeah, I'll try about that. So you still get the block text. <laughs> yeah, I still get block text. Yeah, so I charge like two hundred bucks minimum for it, but it, on uh, average, a hundred. You got like the big long, long run on sentence, like giant paragraph. Cappy, yeah, you really need to raise your prices. That's why. Bit, that's why I have an autoresponder everywhere, right? Like I don't respond to anybody. It's it's autoresponder in my DMs and Instagram, autoresponder in my emails. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you want my attention, you're gonna have to pay for it, and I'm expensive, mm-hmm. and I'm expensive for a reason because I've done some shit in my fucking life, and I'm gonna charge for it. And that's how I filter the weed from the chaff. You only charge a hundred dollars. It's not enough money. I keep telling you, man, you're not charging. No, I know. No, you're, you're right. You're, I, I you're good. You're smart. Like, you know what you're doing. So, right. you know, charge what you're worth. Well, but here's, here's my main concern. There's a bunch it's... of dipshits out there that'll lie to these people. That'll fucking tell them what they want to hear that are, you know, the avatars and the anons and the, you know, mm-hmm. the nerds that did nothing with their life prior to, you know, turning on YouTube. Let those guys deal with those pricks. Yeah. Well, and I might, and I might, might uh, uh, increase the wage, but the problem that I'm, I'm fearing is that I've already established myself at, you know, an affordable, you know, like regular young, especially younger people, a lot of younger guys, they can't afford 3000 bucks. They just can't. And so since I don't have a reputation with the thousand dollar per hour and up club, um, you know, it, it would, you know, maybe, yeah, I'm sure I got enough reach with my social media and all that. I would just like the monkey from the monkey out of the, you box. know, it's a, I, that's why, that's why your rates are that rate. <laughs> I would just, I mean, you don't have to go all the way up to a thousand or 3000. I mean, you just double it or, or 300 an hour. Dude, you could charge or, $500 easily, easily. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you're, you're a, you're a huge, you know, you have a, you're an influencer, you know, I don't even do personal consultations. You know, I personal, personal consults honestly are are not a good use of time, and unless no. you're getting paid well for them, why bother doing? Oh you know what no, start doing. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm, so, so I'm gonna make this announcement here first. I mean, I gotta put it on my channel too. But I normally charge people. I think it's two hundred fifty dollars to send me an email that I'll read and I'll respond to. And I've got a bunch of these, probably like well over a hundred now on that playlist. So mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do is, is I'm gonna do them for free. But here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to make people work for these fuckers. Okay. They're going to have to record a video. They can do it unlisted. They can do it listed. I don't give a fuck. They're going to have to upload a video that's between three and five minutes explaining Mm -hmm. what the problem is, bring a solution to the problem, and then conclude it. And I want to see their fucking face. I'm not dealing with anons. I'm not dealing with like no links to nothing. I want to know who I'm dealing with. Right. And then it's free. And I'll just go through them. I'll get up in the morning, have my coffee. I'll watch, you know, 20, 30 minutes of this shit and I'll figure out which ones I want to respond to. It's going to be an easy way to make interesting content, right? Because then you can sift through it very quickly. There's no big block run on fucking sentences right, that exactly. go forever until kingdom come. You know, they've actually had to do some work, you know, oh, so I have would, to talk would, to a camera and record this and make sense. Right, but you would you would screen. then use that you would use that video on your video response video on your channel then, and then I'll and then I'll play it on the screen so everybody can see what you know what the request is, who it's from, and then I'll give you know then I'll go and dispense okay. advice, right? 
No, I, I I think that'd be a brilliant at least to experiment with it to see what happens. I'm gonna try it, you know, because like, I mean, like the whole point of charging two hundred fifty dollars was to make them fucking think about what they're writing and but to be clearly, invested, right? Yeah, invested, and clearly that wasn't enough. So you know what? I'm just gonna remove the the price barrier, and the investment's gonna be making a video that I can watch that's fucking digestible that everybody else can watch now too. But look at this. You mean, and you're hitting it on the head. You know why people don't want to read your book? When the answer, but they'll pay you 3000 bucks because it takes too much time. They don't want to do, they don't want to do any work at all. And that's where I could see your ire getting up and my ire gets up is when, when their behavior, just in the short little transaction you would have with them to contract your services, you already know they're lazy because they're too lazy to go buy a $12 book and read one chapter. They well, just want you to tell tell you what to do. Yeah. Like what they'll do is they'll, is they'll call in on my unplugged alpha podcast. The title of the podcast is The Unplugged Alpha, as the book is titled The Unplugged Alpha. And then somebody will call, call in and ask me some shit about dating a single mom. And I'll be like, yo, did you read my book? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't read your book. Well, there's a fucking chapter in the book that deals with that. <laughs> right. But see, and you get to the point where you don't need the money anymore. And then it really becomes the annoyance. Like, right. One of, when I get it in the my email, uh, I'm actually happy when someone pays me to do an original because then I get to talk about what I want. And I'm not complaining in it, but uh, it's an a original, lot of it's like they just say, here's some money, go and here's some talk. money, talk about whatever you want. Like, thankfully, oh, okay, God, cool, I could talk cool. about something intelligent. And that's, I don't have like, so do I major in this or do I major in that? Well, did you research either? No. All right. Well, that's going to be 250 bucks. So tell just me you what know, to just, do, copy. Yeah. Tell me what to do. Where are the girls? <laughs> so, but I do charge more for one on one. I thought it was the girls. Uh... The girl saw, right. That's the next book I'm going to have coming out. Uh, the girl saw. But the <laughs> the one-on-ones, I do charge more. I do charge when people are getting stupid. But um, And I've thrown it, but I am I think I'm hitting my price point with a lot of these guys where I've, I've thrown it like, okay, that's 200 bucks. Then I get like a third takers. It's like, eh, okay. So I, I really, it, it's it would be ideal. Yes, I would like to just charge a thousand bucks and still have the same volume. But we've talked about this before. You are fine dining. I am more the McDonald's that bangs them out. And so I'll, I'll see if it, it maybe I'll experiment down the road, but uh, yeah. I just want to say, I rich. It's nice to meet you. Um, I've How seen you your channel before and I, I think your book is, I just, I just checked it out. I mean, we're really providing uh, like a father role to a lot of young men who, who need it who need to learn about masculinity and boundaries. And what we're talking about now, I think, is boundaries and value. And um, yeah, and, and the mental toll, like you said, I don't, I don't do as much on YouTube as you guys because I'm very present to that mental toll of connecting with all these, all these people. <laughs> and they're, they're looking to, I, w- I, would say, I love my subscribers. I have a very small YouTube channel because the mental ener- energetic toll of like providing this advice for people is like, I wish you could see it physically. I think if you could see it physically, we're lifting these huge weights. Um, somebody comes to you and says, here, fix my life. That's a huge ask. Well, you're, you know? and your skill set or your product is much more involved in, in terms of training. So it's not like you just go mouth off on the Internet. You're, you're dealing with these people one on one. A lot of the a lot of the problem with these like fixing their life sort of uh, consults is something made them sick, right? And are they willing to give up what made them sick? You know, it's basically the first thing that you have to deal with. And most people aren't, you know, like, you know, take, take simping as an example. Like a lot of guys get into difficult 
stupid situations like very like very successful people too like i deal i deal with some like i've dealt with like a lot of big names like if i drop probably about 50 names like you would know them all like they're all big big names they're either in politics they're athletes um i've dealt with uh like film film personalities um even yeah, chat people even lots chat elkums i mean the world no, not him. Not not him. Him. no not yet unfortunately you know he doesn't he doesn't deem my service as well worthy but um yeah and and it's like you know the same thing you know it's consistent it's like okay well how bad do you want this because this is what made you sick like are you willing to give this shit up right that's very interesting fucking conversation to have with somebody. Um, it's a lot better to, <laughs> you know, on their end, on my end, when I'm charging the rate that I am. But fuck, you know, like I've done a lot with my life and I, you know, I get away with it. You know, I had a conversation with my old business coach. I don't know, it was about a year ago and I had him on my plane to win uh, series. I hired him in like 2008, 2009. I was paying him about $3,000 an hour at the time. And um, I don't know if we talked about it live during the cast. I think it might have been live on the channel. Maybe we talked about it afterwards, but he, but he said, your rates are way too fucking low. He goes, you need to double your rates right now, right? And it was like, at that point, I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, I'm dealing with fucking, like, high-level entrepreneurs. And, and, like, they're talking to me for fucking two, three hours. And, like, half the time they're talking to me just about, like, interesting, fun shit that, you know, they want to just converse about. Like, you're paying me to be your friend, right? You shouldn't have to pay me to be your friend. Like, I'm happy to fucking, you know, talk to you. But let's solve your problem, right? Like, let's deal with that, not just chop it up. What um, now? You still have because you did the. You're no longer doing the train wreck, and I did tune into one of your podcasts. Um, like the. Well, the it's basically the same, same, same show. It's just in the same time slot. It's just I figured rather than calling it, you know, continue to call it before the train wreck. Let's just brand it, you know, with the book. Right, and then, but you had you had maybe it was a different one, but you had a bunch of your uh, uh, colleagues on who are equally oh, uh, successful men. Yeah, that's the plane to win series. That's the one that plane I have to... camera on. Okay, now do you do you still do that or no? Oh yeah, yeah, I just did one okay. today with uh, Grego Gallagher from Kino Bodies, a fucking big name in the fitness world. What what I liked about then for everyone, if you haven't subscribed to Rich's channel, go ahead. After only, of course, you subscribe to mine and his book. Buy that, of course, after you buy mine. Um, but what I really liked about that is here you got some very successful men, you know, highly successful, hundred million dollar type success. We're talking, but they're also human, and you kind of get this perception of ultra rich, ultra successful guys, and then you realize, oh no, they're normal guys too. They just did this thing. Or they they tried something. They have a harder work ethic, but then they had regular old problems like anybody else. It was it was kind of a real interesting show you had going on there. What I'm what I'm trying to show people is that they did the work. That's really what it boils down to. Is all these guys that you know keep asking like, how do I make the money? How do I become wealthy? How do I get the girls and all that sort of shit? And it's like the whole point of the playing to win podcast playlist is you can play to win in life, or you can play not to lose. Women generally play not to lose. Like they go and go for the secure jobs. Uh, you know, they'll get a custodian job at the school. They'll work in government. They'll do all the, you know, the, all those bullshit. You know, play not to lose jobs. A lot of the guys that I talk to on that playlist, they all play to win, and there's a reason behind that because they're doing some serious fucking work. They're taking on risks. They're doing shit that other people are unwilling to do, and it's it's like I, I used to get so frustrated, Aaron, with these fucking like losers out that are like. Oh, there's only so much money out there. I can't be a millionaire if there's already all these millionaires that have it all. It's impossible. I can't get the girls because I'm only five foot seven. Uh, I can't get the girls because I'm bald. It's like, you know, one thing after the other. They got they got more stories than Walt Disney. They have a fucking excuse for everything. And it's like, you know what? I don't want to talk to these losers. 
let them hang out with the other nerds out there. Let's let's talk about playing to win. Well, it makes for a good show. Uh, it, 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 I it, like it. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, um, let's get through some super chats. We're going to welcome in TJ Martinell so I don't fall too far behind here. Kevin, my brother just finished your course, Seth. He got a 55k year job. Thanks. See, there you go, Seth. You're welcome. Course, Seth, what do you do? I teach people how to get jobs in digital marketing, and in I've been digital doing marketing. It since, okay, yeah, and I've been doing it since 2016, and it's kind of a grassroots, like best kept secret kind of a course. I have this great community. And uh, yeah, man, ask your brother, Kevin, ask your brother to send me an email because I love to share those testimonials with my uh, followers. Yeah, if, if, you haven't, if you're not familiar with him, Rich, uh, Seth, is, I mean, you search him, you'll find him, of course. But he's, he's really helped because he used to be a digital, well, he still is the digital marketing, but he put together a course, very simple, offered it. He's gotten so many, especially poor young people, like one, out of poverty and then two, a career um you know he's doing the deal like how to use facebook ads and youtube pre-rolls and all that uh google ads primarily seo and facebook ads but i'm actually teaching people how to actually get the jobs like i'm not okay so okay so to land like an actual payroll an actual salary position i've had students have gone on to work with you know really big brands like netflix and procter and gamble and stuff like that so because um yeah yeah and that pays about 55 grand a year well, the usual trajectory is an entry-level job can be anywhere from like 30 to 50, but within a year, they're usually at 60. And I've had, you know, people get up to six figures within about three years. Do you That's see many of these students like kind of go off on their own and create their own branding agency or their own digital marketing agency? Yeah. yeah. The students have surpassed anything I could have imagined they would have done because they said the course has been around since 2016. So some of them now have like four or five years experience. Some of them are running their own agencies. I have one student who worked with like... Um, Damon John and Shark Tank. I've had students working at iProspect, which is like the biggest agency, working with Subway and Hilton and, you know, these big brands. So Yeah, get them out of the factories. Get them out of the bullshit, you know, positions that they're in and, you know, give them something to strive for. Good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been very rewarding. Aside from Atham, there aren't any losers here. I mean, they're really, you know, it's just a nonstop trade for two bucks. Does Thailand tolerate poop in the streets like San Francisco? Seth? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. Right. In Bangkok, I mean, I haven't spent that much time in Bangkok, but um, I wouldn't. I don't think it's really. It's it's only drain. It's a two dollar donation. You don't have to give them more than two dollars worth of response. The answer is no. So, all right, Alex Patino, <laughs> ten bucks. <clears throat> Stay away from Mexico City. What Atham is saying is that education in Mexico is not compulsory. So everyone at most only have a sixth grade education in the cities. You'll find everything like. In the USA, um, I'd even argue you don't get a sixth grade uh, education here. Uh, Bristol NLP, 50 generous pounds. Thank you very much, Bristol. Uh, hey there, English overlord here. Interested from yesterday's YouTube and have read Book of Numbers. Is there a cross addiction from blue pill love addiction to red pill workaholism, avoidance behaviors, overachievement type <clears throat> addictions? And uh, Bristol, he's referring to. Um, uh, why life sucks video. We had a really super high successful, high intelligent guy who was basically addicted to work and success and would feel shame if he let go and took a, took a break or enjoy device. Um, so to answer your question from yesterday's YouTube red book, is there a cross addiction from blue pill love addiction? Well, if you go into debt for supporting your woman or chasing after tail, like I guess you could get addicted to workaholism. 
because you got to pay for all the bills and the debt. If you want to avoid that, I would say, I don't know, Rich, can you make heads and tails of his question? I'm just thinking like, no, dude, it looks focus like on yourself from first. My angle. Do you want me to take a crack at it, Cappy? Yeah, please do, TJ. I think what he's saying is, is there a cross, it, when he means cross addiction, is it possible that a guy who has the same, and I know exactly, I think what he's talking about, where I, I was talking about it on a live stream with Vince, where you have guys that I've either heard of or I've met who are very wealthy, very good in the, they're workaholics, they're very successful in the corporate world, but they are completely dominated in their domestic lives. And so is that an addiction issue where they're, but, and that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out is why are a lot of these guys who work in Amazon, Microsoft, uh, um, Starbucks, wherever, they, they are domineering in the workplace, but not at home. They are docile to the point of almost seeing themselves as workhorses. Is that an addiction issue? Like what causes them to, to be so assertive to where they can climb up the corporate ladder, but they can't, you know, to give one example, there was one wife I heard of who forced her husband uh, to go park his car down the street so it wouldn't wake her up at 6 a.m. in the morning when he drove to work, and she didn't work at all. So, and this is a guy who's making good money. You think he would just say, I'll park the car wherever I want, and if I want to rev the engine before I leave, I can do that because I make the money. But they completely submit. They, they see it as being, like he was saying, love addiction, where they feel like they're subservient and loving their wives. So, I, yeah. All right. Well, I, I'd say it's two different skill sets or <clears throat> being educated and aware. Um, working up in a corporation or starting a company is a different skill set than uh, being aware and educated about women's nature. Again, where reading Rollo's first book would, would come in very handy because it's like, okay, I can be a really good race car driver, but I can't, you know, put flooring in. And it, they're two, two diff completely different skill sets. So I think that's where you have that phenomenon of someone, you know, a Jeff Bezos or a Bill Gates or whatever, or especially Elon Musk, where you're really good at making electric cars. But damn, man, how the hell, you know, 101 Amber Heard, what the hell? So I, I think that's uh, uh, probably what it is. I mean, just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean you're good at everything else. Well, either they can also be good at being assertive with in certain types of social interactions. But when it comes to romance, they have a totally different mindset. They have the chivalrous old fashioned style attitude of submission is the way to earn ladies favor. And the reason they pulled it off isn't because they're particularly charming or sexy. It's because they make $300,000 a year. Right. right. And they, and they get treated accordingly. Uh, Judd Grover, five bucks. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Glad to see Cappy found his bachelor theater uh, outlet or outfit. I am, <laughs> to understand bachelor pad theater might make a comeback yes bachelor pad theater will make a comeback i just need a lot of time uh I, I, things are finally done at the house um it it's so you know i even did podcasts a couple times so we're gonna slowly get back to normal unfortunately got to do taxes tax season's coming up and then of course we have the holidays um but we'll we'll be getting back to normal finally after roughly a nine month uh, irregular hiatus so i will have bachelor pad theater uh, now that I found the hat, especially, and this perfectly fine, high-quality silk smoker jacket <laughs> that is not cheap and does not make me look like a monkey. Nonstop Dre, two bucks. What's Seth plan if the U.S. dollar global value drops down? I I don't have a plan. Sorry. There we go. There's your $2, Dre. Smoke it. 
I don't. Uh, Ahmed, hey, you guys remember Ahmed? Ahmed Khan, five bucks cap. How to cap your expectations? Currently making thirty-five dollars an hour without debt, but feeling behind some of my peers who are also doing computer science. Uh, I don't know, guys. Any any recommendations? To not give a shit about other people. You just stop giving a shit about other people. It's, yeah, it's it's not that hard. It's just uh, <laughs> you, you just you just practice at it. <clears throat> Doctor Pangloss presumed two bucks cap. Can we get an update on Operation Evil? Yeah, I'm working on it. What is Operation Look, guys, Evil? Operation Evil is where instead of me telling the truth, I'm going to uh, sell products, either physical products or services that are lies. You um, know what? Because, There's um. Yeah. There's a couple of guys that I've talked to that are that are like seeing the code in the matrix and they're like, you know what? Society wants to lie to women and tell them that, you know, big is beautiful and tattoos are, are gorgeous and all that sort of stuff. And guys are are, are, are starting to get wise to this and they're starting starting to build businesses mm-hmm. around the idea of catering to the bullshit lies that, that they love, you know, consuming. Right. The Democrat Party. They want to get drunk on the Kool Aid. Just sell them a yep. Kool Aid. Right. No. It, it's start no, your own energy drink, Cappy. No. It, well, it, forget energy. It literally is drugs. Now, of Cappy. course. Yeah. Cappy drink. I don't know. No. Call well, it. anyway, uh, <clears throat> it's not going to be a, what it is. Is going to be lies to different groups of people and products that are going to tell people, oh yeah, it can do amazing things. But it's basically heroin. That's all it is. All I am is a drug dealer, and I'm just going to come up with a drug that people are going to be addicted. They're already addicted to it. I'm just coming up with a better form of heroin than the just, Democrat Party. Just unions. cater to the simp economy, man. Yeah. Well, I I got I got I got plans. I got products, but I'm not going to tell you guys what it is because if I did, then you know that the marketing behind it is disingenuous. I'm setting up an entirely separate corporate structure. It's all going to be anonymous. There's no way people could track me unless there's a subpoena. Uh, but you'll see some products and you're going to be like, dang, is that, is that Operation Evil? That sounds like Operation Evil. But there's so many, like, I'll give you a perfect example. And this has nothing to do with uh, <clears throat> the sexes or anything like that. But there was a, a plant company, you know, they, they did saplings. And what they did is they came up with a, a bag and that they combined forces with uh, with the funeral homes or something and said that, once you die, you can have your remains put in here and a tree will grow out of your remains. I'm like, that's brilliant. All these pot smoking hippies are going to go in. There's some like 3000 bucks to like take your remains, put it in a bag and put it a, a tree. Whether it grows or not, you're not going to know. You'll be dead. But oh my gosh, all these old hippies are going to go and, and, and spend three grand on a bag. It's, uh, <clears throat> so that's kind of the stuff that I'm thinking. But I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell people what it is. Uh, competent man, five bucks bacon. What codes is the engine throwing an oil light? A lot of times is the oil pressure sensor and not the pump. What mileage on the engine? It was about, uh, it was about a uh, hundred and sixty or so. Okay. And it was the pump. It was the pump. All right. Yeah. Well, prematurely failed. I, I still think it's time for a new car, especially at 400,000 miles. Uh, the Tempest, 55 55 10 Australian dollars. Like Unifrog said, we've now commandeered your holidays while our own, like Australia Day, has been vilified by leftists. So take some of my Black Friday spending and get Bacon subscribers up. Yes, please do. Traveler, 44 44 10 bucks. Give this to Bacon to go towards a better car. Yeah, if you guys want donations to help out Bacon get a better car, just let me know. I'll go back, add them up, and give them. Uh, I'll take my cappy cut. No, I won't take any cut. Uh, we'll send that off to Bacon. 
Elf Carter, five bucks. I'm a mechanic buy a 1996-2005 Buick LeSabre. Left the 100,000 miles. Costs about 2,000 bucks. There you go. <clears throat> my, uh, my late grandma uh, actually, uh, yeah, she had one of those. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, like, you know, Buicks are, Buicks are pretty solid for what they are. Um, small problem you mean for me specifically is just the way that the, uh, just the way that the head is uh, kind of built, especially with those uh, trans, trans-mounted uh, V6s. You basically you have to rotate the engine to get to the back uh, three spark plugs. So, yeah, but at two thousand bucks, somebody what do you that likes, care? Well, no, I don't know. This this is why I tend to get older cars. I actually, like being able to actually work on them. Mm. You know, you talk about you know having you know different life skills and stuff. You talk about working on you know cars and stuff. I mean, that's just going to take to other people. You know, at least if they're you know driving something that doesn't require you know a doctorate in uh computer engineering tile to open the hood that's why you get the old cars man um, they're, they're more fun i can yeah, fit I mean, a body forget I, I, a body in the trunk i can fit a body in the in the front under the hood there's a lot of room in the bag <laughs> how's that new boat treating you man it's all right Fucking not bad i'm having yours. fun i'm like having it? fun man yeah right. yeah it's a, yeah, I know you don't like fun, but you know I, I like fun. Well, your definition of fun is different from my definition of fun. Yeah, I I, I know you and I we, we have like, different tastes. We just we just like different fun, which is cool, you know, because I like all cars. Uh, Eric Burns Marsh, five bucks. Work all day and night. Yo, Mister Celery, hook up with Tim Ferriss. Not only could you play video games, but also watch sports ball and the pregame. I no. No, I do not want to watch the pre-game, the post-game, or the pre-pre-game, or the post-post-game show. I, uh, DJ Aftershock, five bucks. Dude, bro, we're at the bar watching the Thanksgiving sports ball game, bro. Dude, we're working down hot wings, burgers, and beers. Go guys in the gold jerseys. There we go. Is there a game on? There has to be, right? Thanksgiving Are the Bills playing? I, don't, I mean, I'm just saying, is there a game? Bills and the Saints. Bills and the Saints. All right, there is a football game. All right. Uh, I think we're – no, we're not caught up. Forum, 10 Canadian bucks. One of your guys, Rich. Uh, oh. Thanks, guys, for the crypto point of views. Yeah, mechanical engineering by day, computer engineering by hobby with this kind of stuff to pay for my electrical bill and regular crypto purchases in an ugly manner. Uh, Did you buy the dip, Cappy? No, I don't pay attention to prices. I just – the the house really has did, – did you build your house or did you buy a house? No, I built a custom home when I got uh, married, and um, I don't think I'll ever do that again. Yeah, so you know the work and labor that goes into that. And yeah, uh, I just don't give a fuck. It's just like it's just a house. Who cares? Right, right. So I, um, I've been preoccupied with that. Uh, Elf Carter, five bucks. Hunter Biden sells his art for big bucks. Uh, yeah, to people who already were committed to pay for I it. I thought he sold it for uh, Parmesan cheese. Well, I'm sure that like. If your dad's the president, he probably lines people up to buy your art. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Walker Art Museum in the Twin Cities, which you probably haven't. But it's nestled in what is was the formerly rich part of town, and now it's going to be burnt down. Um, <clears throat> all it, It's just horrible art from rich kids from back in the 70s <laughs> and, and, and 60s. And that's what it continues to be today. So it's kind of a subsidized fake market. Like, it's... You know, hey, go buy my kid's art, except your kid isn't some three or, or third grader trying to sell their art to raise money for the school. He's a 37-year-old who lives at home and can't find a job. 
Uh, Mexi Mike, ten bucks. ABC always be closing, bra. I'm a peacock. You gotta be. You gotta let me fly. An angel, bad boy. Doctor Engineer gets a six pack every time you tell us to do the work. <laughs> you could call me an Espanol Doctor Enrique. Oh, <laughs> let's keep scrolling down. Man, we got a lot of people. Uh, Ice knows two bucks. Rich, do you think Quebec will ever secede? No, because if because they have to take on too much debt, it's not mm-hmm. likely. Pete Fawn, seven seven seven. Atham, you ever find anything unusual, scary in the caves? Cappy Cap, you gotta try cannabis sativa. She cheers, brothers. Atham, not really. Just just a few bonds, but I'm pretty sure it was an animal, not a human. <laughs> Mexi Mike, five bucks. I was lost until I found this guy. Just kidding. Millennial Gen Z life coach who yells at the clouds, tells me to stay off the lawn. This guy really gets me. Yes, that's uh, basically all I do. Competent man, two bucks. What? Don't know. Brian Dupree, five bucks. Hey, boys, love the threads, Cappy. Thanks. Thank you, Brian. These are very nice threads. <clears throat> Custom fitted. Jaime's Haberdashery in downtown St. Paul. Always go to Jaime's Haberdashery for the finest threads. Competent man, two bucks. <laughs> about large numbers of. Uh, competent Small messages to fill up the chat. Yes, thank you, competent man. Not, not annoying at all. Christoph and on five bucks. Seriously, Cappy, keep slowly cranking up your rate until you have enough free time. Holds them hard. There is an argument for that to like increase the the uh, rate, and I've I've increased prices like three you know three hundred percent since I've started. So it's we'll we'll see what the market will bear. Uh, Steve Bottenheimer, ten bucks. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Steve. The competent man, $10. And the other extreme is long Marco block paragraphs with spelling errors and no punctuations with run-on sentences and unknowing acronyms so no one knows what they are saying as they use speech to text. What I have done is I have required, especially if I have a lot of asshole consulting to do, is I'll put a $100 minimum super chat. So, Rich, you'd be proud of me there. And usually that keeps people away, but every once in a while I will get a $100 super chat. But I am able to get to the work. Heavy water, tread. Five bucks, one dollar each kind of oh well, no one's getting paid anything here except for the five dollars someone donated to uh to uh bacon. Uh Rodrigo Proenka, five bucks. Seth, I, if you have a good copywriter video editor, should I hire for Facebook, Google ads, or should I learn it myself? How steep is the learning curve? Seth? Um I mean, what are you promoting? Your own stuff? I mean, if you have the time and the energy to put into this, I think, you know, promoting your own product, you're, you're better off learning it. It's not a steep learning curve for these things. Um, it does require focus. It, I would say it's less than coding, but it's more than learning Excel. You know, it's like in the middle. And there's a lot of, um, as you do Facebook ads over time, you, you get better at it, you know, but you can learn the basics very quickly. There's also a lot of resources out there. I mean, not necessarily there's good and bad, but I would definitely learn it yourself. That also is important for when you're, if you hire somebody, you can know if you're getting good results, you know, good, you know, it's like if you, if you know something about cars and you hire a mechanic, you're less likely to get ripped off. Cool. Pete Fon, seven, seven, seven cap. Did you, didn't you want to reduce your stress and agar and lower your blood pressure? My prior suggestion might actually help plus no scripts. Just saying, all right, I'll, I'll look into it. I've done pretty good getting my blood pressure down, but it, it's just a lot of cardio, that's all. Nonstop Dre, five bucks. Did Cappy get the wizard robe from Goodwill or Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons game? Okay, Dre. 
Cappy's cursed black diamond will cause uncontrollable rage, mm. loss of height, and abuse of pets. What will we ever do without Dre? I'm so glad I met him. I'm so glad he's part of this thing. Swallow hey, we're never gonna let you live that down. Man. I know. No, look. If right. people start paying me compliments, then something's wrong, and and my <laughs> end is near. Swallow blue five bucks. Will you ever translate your books into another language like Spanish or Chinese? I did translate Curse of the High IQ into French, uh, because someone did uh the translation for me maybe down the road but that's back burner stuff i got a lot of other stuff to do mjhmn two bucks fun fact the fez is illegal to wear in turkey really okay that's interesting dj now dj aftershock two bucks cappy's blood pressure is down down to his height thank you (laughs) want to hear a funny story about something that you're not allowed to wear in barbados you can't wear camouflaged cargo pants or shorts why is that Dude, I was on a plane about fucking land, and I had the, not the pilot, I think it was a co-pilot, fucking walks up to me, and he sits down in the chair beside me, goes, uh, you're going to get in a lot of trouble wearing those shorts, because they had cargo shorts, and they were camo print. Mm-hmm. I bought them from an army uh, surplus store, and he's like, you're not allowed to wear that shit in Barbados, right? He goes, they, like, they really don't like it, because it's reserved for military. Okay. Anyway, I got shit at the fucking customs as soon as I got off the plane, basically. Did you did you change or something? Or I just told them I didn't know and I got to change of clothes and I won't wear it for the rest of the time. I'm on the vacation. They let me through, but it was just bullshit. What is Barbados? Is that like north of Venezuela by Trinidad or something? It's, clo- it's close to South America. It's mostly out of the hurricane path. And I think okay. it's the only Caribbean island that's, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's not volcanic. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a um, fucking coral that's been pushed up through the uh, sea bottom. Oh. Cool. All right, TJ, what's up, man? Glad you could make it. Yeah, I got I got a bold guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. We'll see you later, Atham. Have a good one. Jappy, what's been going on other than super chats? Uh, a lot of super chats. That's so how's the new house? Oh, it's good. I was just putting in a new table in a, the breakfast nook. I, I don't know how much you've been following, but it's a an original 1930s house. So it's got the flooring, the wall texturing, the air vents, old furnace, um, that kind of stuff. So it's it's pretty cool. It's a cool house. I've just been. What, what um? I mean, uh, I know you moved in. Is that going to be a recording studio? <clears throat> I'm going to have to put something on the walls because it's bare hardwood floors. So I couldn't tell. Happen. It's just such high audio quality. I was. I don't even know why you'd you'd uh, add add some kind of soundproofing there. I, well, the other problem is I bought. It was the only affordable house for me left in Western Washington, and it's right next to a railroad crossing. So you'll probably hear it, or I'm gonna have to mute it every now and then because it's pretty loud. But now, is that cool or, or not? Because I always thought it would be neat to live next to a train, as long as it didn't come through at three a.m. But it, as a kid, cool. maybe that's it was cool and dry. But this is literally the railroad crossings right over there, and it shakes the house depending if it's the empties coming back. It'll shake the house, which, you know, it occasionally will wake me up at night, but it's not the worst thing in the world. But like I was saying, uh, the only other houses now that are within my affordability range in the west side are modular homes. And they're going for, I think, over 400000 now. Uh, when you say west side, west side of the state, right? Not west side Seattle metro? Yeah, with the west side of the Cascades. Okay. And then, uh, and you're living kind of near your folks or something, right? Like you're closer to family now than where you were before. 
Yeah, I live within three miles of three generations. I was actually just at their house for Thanksgiving, which is nice because when I wanted to go see people before, I had to go drive two and a half hours. And to Highway Two is you've you've been on the motorcycle yeah, it's many times, of course. It's one lane both ways, and there's a lot of idiots on that road, and the weather can not always be agreeable. So it's nice to just if we want to hang out or do something, we can just go. But it's the market here is going the way of California. And the nice thing about walking into this housing market is once you're inside of it, you can keep island hopping, as it were. You right. build up equity for one house. That's what I did over in central Washington. Built up Smartest equity. financial move you ever made. Yep. I, housing is the greatest in my area. We're not talking Kansas City uh, or some other part of the country. This area, it's, a, it's an inflation um, hedge. You, you, your house equity... My house's equity probably went up by 30 grand by the time from the time I bought it to the time I moved into it, it probably went up by 30 grand mm -hmm. just within a month. So it this housing market, if you're in it, you can't lose. I can only I, I was actually talking to um, someone I'm going to be working with soon. They're the, the neighborhood that Bill Gates lives in. Her mother built a, or bought a home there for seventeen thousand dollars back in, I think, the, the 40s or 50s. <laughs> she still lives in the home. Yeah. And, and when she died, she's in her 90s now, but she bought the home for $17,000 back in the 50s. And the houses around her now are worth like $12, $10 million. Oh, good Lord. So good for her. She, well, when they, when they sell it, it's going to be bought for the property only. And then someone's going to go bulldoze that old Rambler or whatever she's living in and then just build the new house. That's what they're doing in my old neighborhood back um, in a little, uh, an old Seattle suburb, they're tearing down all the Ramblers and putting in these McMansions because you got all these techies moving in there. And it's really funny to watch. I go through my old neighborhood and there's some home that was built back probably by my great grandfather. who was a construction guy back in the fifties. And it's kind of run down, paints a little weird, you know, there's a beat up car. And then right next to him is a house that was built brand new. Clearly a millionaire lives there. But they're living right next to you know Archie Bunker or the the the, <laughs> the, the, the um, Beverly Hills um, hillbillies like that's what it's so surreal to see two totally different groups of people of socioeconomic classes living right next to each other in the same neighborhood. So what I'm kind of curious because um, I'm happy you moved and all that, but what I hate to say this, but I do kind of look up to you and I'm kind of proud of you in one regard where you're one of the few, if only, I think, young men who went out, moved to a different town, did self-employment, uh, risk speed dam, you bought a house, and now obviously it has paid off. So you kind of went on this adventure. I mean, it really was an adventure right. living out in the Leavenworth area. And now yeah. you're back. I mean, is it? you obviously learned some lessons, but is it good to be kind of quote unquote back home? Cause you could go see your family for Thanksgiving and, and you can see your yeah. mom and your dad. I mean, is that kind of, is it an improvement over what you had before then? Hey guys, I got to run. I'm going to, all right. See you, Rich. Happy you Thanksgiving. Right, Happy see Thanksgiving. See you. Hey, cheers, Rich. Um, there's been a couple of life lessons that I would say. One, uh, if you're a bachelor, don't live in a rural area. Okay. Unless, unless you're, unless you're, you know, and you're, you're, you're older, you're confirmed bachelor, and you're just going to go out and live there, because there's just not a lot of um, available women your age who are also, depending on your, um, <clears throat> your, what your what, what's acceptable to you, like if you're if you have <laughs> standards, if your standards are a certain way. 
Um, and also just mindset. There's, there's just not a lot of those people in rural areas. It's mostly older people or people who've already gotten married because it really is a, a cliche. The young people in the rural towns all leave immediately as soon as they graduate. They go to the city. They go meet someone there. They get married. And then they go move back to either suburbia or a rural area. So some of the areas I was living in was old people and very young families. There was nobody. It, it's This is one of the – I was hanging out with some people who were in their 20s, and it was so surreal for me because I haven't really done that. Most of the people I was was interacting with socially, for the most part, there were some exceptions – were people who were older and married and you know had had that perspective in life and there's not opportunities to meet people so i would say that that's another life lesson oh here comes the train hey tj <laughs> tj i uh what's up um i just wanted to agree with you because i've had the same experience i didn't even realize it because i i like nature so i was living in northern california for a while in a small yeah. town and i didn't understand it like didn't click in my head like why my social life sucked because yeah everyone around is either retired or married and, and um, yeah there's nothing wrong with working being around retired people or people who are older but when you're when you're a guy in your 20s or 30s or you're interested in <laughs> you know you're interested in women and there aren't any around it's frustrating and it's just not normal like that's not that's not the normal thing for uh, a man to be in that mindset or just in that kind of environment. Um, and so moving back has been nice in that regard. The other thing is the, it's funny how I've moved closer to Seattle, but the area I'm living in now, like that general section of this County, it is very much, there's a momentum that is, I'd say for lack of a better word, right wing or conservative in terms of like Monroe is a, is a city that is the biggest city nearby. That's kind of a, a, a red area in the state. Uh, my town is full of people who are much more outspoken about politics than the area I lived in. They tended to be more insular, for lack of a better word. They had their views, but they kept it themselves. Whereas I'm walking into a pub that's across the street, and everybody's talking about how, you know, the latest thing about Joe Biden, or, and then I, I was at a, a local church on Sunday. And the pastor says, uh, is there anything anybody's thankful for? Because it's Thanksgiving. And some guy just gets up and goes, yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse got acquitted. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there's uh, in my area, there's a guy whose Internet network is Joe Zepetto. <laughs> and I'm at the pub and this woman comes in wearing this sweatshirt that says, let's go, Brandon. I mean, I never saw any, <laughs> I never saw any of that stuff uh, in central Washington. Now, in my section of central Washington, um, so that's, it was kind of a relief and people were, when I was at the pub, I came back the next day, you know, another night and the waitress who was the bar gal was like, oh, I was afraid you were never going to come back. Cause that was when all the guys <laughs> came around and I was like, no, actually I kind of like it here. <laughs> what, um, are now are there is, I know this is going to be a stupid question. Any girls then, if you have moved to a cosmopolitan area or, you know, I mean, I I'm know there's probably, living, a, you know? this is the irony. I, I'm still living off the same highway and I'm still living in a rural area, but I'm closer to, I, I need to go make an effort to go out into areas where there's going to be younger people. They're not necessarily where I'm at. And also because it's, I live in an, I also live again in an unincorporated community. So there's not a lot of places to meet up with people uh, other than a, a pub or some local restaurant. So that's where 
if you're going to live in a rural, this is where I would say to, to men who are looking at places to live. When you're a bachelor, you, you probably, depending on your circumstances, you might want to consider getting a condo in an urban area where you have access to amenities and there's places where young people go. When Vince, uh, Rob and I and James were in Philly, we were in downtown Philly. There were young women everywhere, like everywhere. It was like the last time I saw that many young and they were attractive girls was in Paris. So that's where living in a downtown area or living near a downtown area, especially one that's walkable, is an advantage. And yeah, I love nature. I'm a huge hiker. So that's where I was drawn to the mountains. But the, you kind of got your fill of that. You've posted some amazing yeah. pictures. It's not always the yeah. best place to actually live. Anyway, guys, uh, good advice, TJ. I got to run. I'm actually going to I'm gonna FaceTime with my family cool. uh, and my niece. So I'm All excited right. about that. Well, so, happy uh, Thanksgiving, yeah. Seth. Glad you could come on. And everybody check out Seth's thing if you're looking for a job, indemandcareer.com. All right, man. Good to see you, Cappy. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, All right. Guys. See you, Seth. So, yeah, some life lessons on that. And I'd say – a lot of it also is you put yourself out there and opportunities arise because I didn't, I was in town in Leavenworth the day my house got put on the market and there was a lot of coincidences and things that locked into place at the right time. But if I hadn't been there and been out, just sometimes you can't go out looking for something specifically. You have to just be in places and put, be available for when you see stuff going on because it's not going to come to you. And that's, I think, a problem with a lot of guys. And you guys were talking about this earlier on the live stream where some people just want the easy, quick fix solution to something. They want they want to take a pill. It's the take a pill and your problems will go away syndrome. They're used to just being handed a pill to deal with problems as opposed to saying you're going to have a long, it's going to be a long journey and here's where you're starting, but it is not going to end tomorrow. Well, but it you've made progress. You've moved forward. You don't regret the move, obviously, because I think you kind of exp- uh, explored uh, Leavenworth in that area and that lifestyle for all it was worth. And I actually got wisdom that you could pass on to to other people. And I'm kind of dare I ask if you're kind of somewhat hopeful or optimistic about the next year, at least because things would be novel or different or new. Well, this is where. I'm really sit, thinking to myself because there's a bunch of other changes that are going on in uh, or that I've been making in my life. And, and the reality is it, this is going to be for me the, the make or break year for certain things in my life. It, either things are going to move forward or progress or they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's obviously going to be need to be things that I have to do on my end if I want that stuff to happen. And I honestly, I must, <clears throat> I, I love rural areas. I love living in a rural area in many ways, but at heart, I'm a suburbanite. I like living in suburbia. I like living in a neighborhood, a traditional neighborhood that I kind of grew up, that I grew up in. And so my plan, I know I just moved in here, but my plan is to renovate the place, get it, get it fixed up, wait a couple, maybe a year or two when there's more, when I've got the equity back and then try and move into Monroe and find a house if it's possible. But my plan is to move back to suburbia because that's just where people are. They, they, and especially yeah. if you're looking, you're looking, how do I get the girls? You're not, you might find a girl on a mountain outside Leavenworth. She likely will either be alone and not looking to talk, or she will be with her hubby. Right. That's a place where a lot of people go. And um, so that's where 
things are at as far as for me. I my ultimate goal is to move back to suburbia and have uh, have a home in that area. But I also, I got to be honest with what's going on in our state. For those of you who don't know, we've been under a state of emergency in our state for two years. The governor can declare an emergency at will, and he's the only one who gets to decide when it ends. And at some point, I've got a couple lines in the sand where if this, if the, those lines get crossed, I'm out. I'm, I'm well, I, I, I would be leaving Washington State if, if two years. Is he a Democrat or Republican? There are no Republican. Well, I don't know. You got no state income tax. I mean, you know, there's okay. So you got to. They're trying to. They're trying to. I I wrote about that for five years. They have been voters. That is one thing that Washington voters will not are adamantly opposed to is an income tax. Yeah. For whatever reason, that is just in part of our culture. They have been trying to get around that by just having yeah, multiple it multiple ways. Yeah. 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 So and that's a, that's my line of stand. If they pass an income tax in this state. In spite of everything constitutionally, hmm. I, because our definition of prop, our prop, all property taxes of different classes have to be uniform in nature. So that we can have an income tax. It just can't be progressive. Our definition under our state constitution of property is all things tangible and intangible subject to ownership. Hmm. So if they say a that income isn't property, then it's not subject to ownership. In other words, the state of Washington is saying that my income, I don't own. Yeah, and, that, and then get out of there. Yeah, right. <clears throat> it's it. Um, all right. Well, let's get up a couple more super chats. I think we'll call it because, like, I don't know where Vince or all the other guys. I thought we'd have a, a fair more of other people uh, showing up. Nonstop Dre, two bucks. Are we invited to Vlad Elkins and his unicorn wedding? Well, they're they're not officially a thing. He's just merely visiting a nice girl. The girl is nice, but you know how girls are. You girl. I think I'm going to make a new rule. All girls are forever on probation. Well, you'll never fully <laughs> That's a good rule to have. It's a good rule. I'm sorry, ladies. And and this girl is a great gal. I like her very much. She's a, a friend of the show and a friend of me. But um, I just I've just I've seen no. It's like, no, you're on probation forever. Sorry all the other gals ruined it for all the other women, but no. There you're 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 always on probation. There's always always sleeping with one eye open. So uh they're having a good time right now. And um, I'm glad uh, to see Chad going out and having some fun and leaving Chicago and realizing there are other states out there in the United States. Uh, and I think that's it, man. I think we got them all. Um, cool. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and plug what remains of our shit, who remains on the show. Bacon, uh, uh, tell everybody where they can find you, what you do and all that, and how we got to get you to 1,000 subscribers, please. Uh, you can find me... Uh... Here on YouTube uh, at the goddamn bacon, um, spelled just like that. Um, I started doing. Uh, I'm starting to putz around like different uh, times, kind of during the afternoon, because I don't know if you guys you guys knew this. Uh, me and Teacher are like the only ones on the uh, the West Coast here. Um, like almost everyone else that I see, uh, like on YouTube, they're all on the East Coast. So. I decided to start doing a couple of uh, extra, you know, different time slots or whatever, just, you know, for them or different days or whatever. But uh, usually since I take Fridays off, I'll, I'll stream there, you know, uh, 11 p.m. <coughs> uh, Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that's if I've got, you know, everything working, uh, you know, unlike today where, yeah, okay, the one time I actually, you know, end up on this show, like, 
the goddamn mic doesn't want to work. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> all right. That's how it goes. So, all right, everyone, sign up for the goddamn bacon. We have. Hey, what's up, Chad? He's gone now. <laughs> Every time I hit the unmute button, he goes away. What? God damn it. Oh, okay. It's just one of those. It's one of those kind of nights, man. I, I guess that's what it is. Yeah, well, he's he's. I saw a picture. There's like a thousand people there, and a lot of little kids. And so you know how little kids are, and um, you know they're not expecting. Oh, be quiet! The Rando guy who isn't blood relative wants to do a podcast. So, uh, uh one more here. Nonstop Dre Bacon looks like Doctor Disrespect. Who's Doctor Disrespect? You guys know? <laughs> he apparently is some uh, some gamer, uh, according to a Nonstop Dre. Oh. All right, and TJ, you got a new book out and all this other stuff. Tell people where they can find your works. Yeah, so I came up uh, actually two books: the Iridian, which is a combination of think of Star Wars and the Maltese Falcon, so film noir, okay. and then Legend of Ferenia. You can find both of them on Amazon. Legend of Ferenia is great; you'll enjoy if you love Zelda. Okay, cool. You can and find then the we'll rest tell. Of but you have quite an inventory of books. I mean, people can go to tjmartinell.com and find all the other works that you've put together, both what science fiction, post-apocalyptic, um, the, the uh, not the legend, the song Wolfgar was really good. Yeah. I like how, how um, um, our Jack uh, Napier. Yeah, Jack hey, Napier. I got right to check out some more of your books, uh, TJ. I've been doing yeah. a lot of reading uh, as of late. <clears throat> Yep, Chad. Yeah, it's no. too hard to do this right now where I am from. I think you're wrapping it up anyway. Yes, yes. We would have liked to have Vlad Elkums on. It would have been nice, but that's okay. <laughs> so, All right. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. Everyone have a happy uh, Thanksgiving, and we'll see you guys later. TJ, you want to take us out? Toodles. <laughs>